Hello everybody, welcome to Raptors in the Kitchen, it is the 9th of September 2021, uh, we're back with our second post-apocalypse show, uh, I'm Paco Rodriguez, I'm joined by Neil McCulloch, Hello. and Tommy Vass, right. uh, I feel like the last time we got into the the movie stuff like really fast without any actual kind of catch up, well it was kind like, of more just a, yeah, I mean, a there was there was so much to talk pe- about, people in yeah. type thing, so. so much to talk about the like, I feel like actually we started. It was a it was a a running start, wasn't it? Like I started yeah. recording because like the conversation had already moved on to movies before even doing the intro and stuff. So we didn't really kind of talk about what's been happening for the past year and a half. Well, pandemic, mate. Yeah, but like we've all been in the same kind of boat. Lockdown sometimes, then not, then again. Has your life not changed at all in the the past year and a half, Tom? Well. Well, I don't, like, a wee bit, a wee bit. I mean, I got the double jags, plus, uh, you know, I had a healthy dose of it for a wee while, so that was yeah. fun. So, uh, myself and Tommy both actually had COVID at uh, various points over the past year and a bit. Yeah. I did not have a good time. Tommy kind of breezed it because he was already vaccinated. Ah, you hadn't had your vaccine yet, so, yeah, it's it, it's the realist, it, it is real, like, in terms of, it'll fuck you up big time. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> it wasn't fun <clears throat> though I did watch about 100 episodes of Hunter Hunter while I had it mm. I, that was alright <laughs> I watched season all, all the seasons of Line of Duty that was my thing uh, ultimately it was fine for a British cop procedural but it had that ending cause at the time because you know it was it was like the top rated show on British telly and when it ended, very controversially, there was a lot of folks split with uh, expectations being not met and being very unsatisfied. Knowing this and going into it, I was like, if I was a real fan of the show, I'd be fucking raging. But on, on a level of Game of Thrones, well, do you know how bad is that? Well, I, I spoke to our friend Danny. Like I text, I was texting him, and I was fucking lying in my bed. And he was just like, ah, uh, hey man, I, I, yeah, what are, you, what are you gonna do to pass the time? And I says, I'm just gonna watch Line of Duty. And Danny's first reaction was, turn it off, mate, and don't do it. He's like, it's so underwhelming, and it's they just shit the bed all the time. And I was like, oh fuck. <clears throat> so I watched it, and he, he wasn't wrong about a lot of it, but he he also that's what I was gonna say. He had said it was worse than Game of Thrones, and I was like, no, it wasn't. It was not. Game of Thrones was a decade of my life that I invested into that show, and it shat the bed in a spectacular way right at the end. Very disappointing. But that, that doesn't mean that like the other four years of Game of Thrones weren't good. No, though. it was full of great. There's some great seasons. Loads of great moments. The first three seasons of that show were amazing, and it starts to kind of lose its way a wee bit after that. Was there five or six seasons in total? There was seven. Was there? Somewhat like then. Did it go on for that long? I think it did, yeah. How many books are there? <sighs> Fucking. Two. You've read them all, right? Yeah. Was there like two and one that's never coming out? There's like. At least six, though I think there might be seven or eight by this point. Was it Dance of Dragons and then. Dance of Dragons was the last one I read. But he brought he did bring one out. I think uh, he's I think he's done another one called Wolves of Winter. I think so. 
But he'd also said... Or like, Winds of Winter, some of that? Aye, that sounds about right. But when it ended, he was one of the... George R. R. Martin I'm talking about was the first to say, yeah, yeah, don't worry, that, that's not how I'm going to end the books. And I'm like, all right, because... I bet it was how he was going to end the books and he was waiting. Backlash. And he just went, oh, no, I can't do that. No, mm. Well, the, the rumour was that, was it D.B. Weiss and was it D. whoever the, the, the writers were, they, they knew how it was going to end. So that's like, because the books hadn't been out, he's like, no, but this is eventually where I want to go. Yeah. That's, that was a rumour. So yeah, he's probably shat himself saying, oh, no, don't worry, don't worry. Don't worry, don't but, be mad at me. But Can also, that book's never coming out. Ah, uh, no. There's a... Uh, when, like, when he started writing those books in like the 80s, yeah. didn't he? There's um, a new series. I, I mean, I don't have Apple TV, but, you know, there are ways and means to get that content. Yeah, you can get a six-month... Uh, <coughs> free trial of it on PlayStation. Yeah, but I was saying I don't have it. Um, but uh, the Foundation, I think it's Isaac Asimov's The Foundation saga, uh, that TV show's been made in this, the end of this month, I think it is. Apparently that's... I've never read it, but apparently... Who, who's in that? I've no idea, man. I, I only heard about it yesterday, and I was actually meaning to watch the trailer. If, I'd imagine there's a trailer. Uh, I, I wasn't too impressed with The Foundation. I only read that... I want to say it was like maybe two or three years ago. It was a pal at work, so I was like, is it about robots? Because it was Asimov and it was like, um, it's about a library. And, yeah. uh, and I was like, it's, right. it's essentially like somebody like a works out that basically humanity is kind of heading for like an extinction level event or like a close to it kind of thing where like society is just going to fucking collapse. Right. Because uh, like it's got too big for its bridges, basically. There's like an empire that's taken over most of the galaxy. And it's just gotten <clears throat> too big to like feasibly manage. Mm. So there's going to be like a fucking dark ages coming. Mm. So, so this is an allegory for modern America, then. Quite possibly, like, yeah, but the, the idea is that like they s- set up a library so that like after the apocalypse has happened, mm. humanity will be able to bounce back from it faster. Mm. So it's like it spans mm. like thousands and thousands of years. Like, yeah, like my, stuff. my mate was telling me that because um, she's reading that and she's reading that and she's reading June. <laughs> And she's understandably very excited about the film and hopes it lives up to it. And then she was like, yeah. Because I'd, I'd mentioned to her, I says, the thing is I tried to read the book and I just found it really hard uh, at the time. So I just had my flatmate, it's like, what, he's sorry, what, she's read it all. So I was asking him and I was like fucking captivated by the story without actually reading the books. She was kind of smoking out before, man, but June is like one of the best stories ever fucking written it's so good and that she, series is excellent she had like you know you were saying like so it's like an like about foundations and allegory for modern yeah. america she met like she mentioned she about june's like yeah it's obviously you know the spices like obviously you maybe oil and it's like you know the uh the 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 atreides and all that they're kind of seen as you know westerners coming into uh you know a land that they don't know and you know possibly messing with a culture that's not theirs kind of thing and i'm like oh well i suppose i but most science fiction authors back in the day it was like when they did do those kind of stories it always was like an allegory for what's happening in the world in terms of like you know governments or you know things like that see years ago years and years ago the giant bomb guys were talking about last samurai which I thought was a great film and still do like. I watched it relatively recently and I do like it as well. But Ryan Davis managed to ruin not just that movie, but every movie that's like it uh, for me with like two sentences where he said, it's one of those things where 
white guy goes to like a foreign culture mm. and he falls in love with the place but then he has to become better than everybody else because he's white <laughs> and it's like that's what Last Samurai is that's I mean, what Last of the Mohicans is yeah. like that's what Avatar is and now you've uh, just made me realise that's also what June is so thank you Tommy for uh, well, ruining June for well, me hold on hold on Last of the Mohicans <laughs> is not quite like that because Daniel Day-Lewis is raised by like that, that family yeah he's more of a <clears throat> excuse me he's more of a Mowgli style character yeah right okay so like yeah like he's that's his culture well, that, he was brought up so he believe, he might be white but that's his native culture as okay, well okay okay um, Much like in the same way that Steve Martin is a black man in The Jerk. Well, that film would never get made now. It certainly would not. Um, certainly would oh not. yeah, do you know, have you seen The Jerk? No. <laughs> Go for it, though. give him a brief. You don't need to, it's fine. <laughs> okay. okay. I will it's probably a, never watch it no, and I don't actually really care. It's, I still quite like The Jerk. I think there's, still, there's a lot of good jokes still in that film. I just... Uh, Honestly, and I realise this might be sacrilegious to a lot of people, but I don't really find Steve Martin uh, all that funny. I could understand that. Um, like, I think he's been in a couple or eight things, but I don't think he's ever the the standout part of the films he's in. Uh, I don't know. It depends what film. I don't know, actually. There, you're right. There's a lot of ones that are kind of whatever. Like, I'm trying, is it... There's a, there's a stage in his career where he just kind of becomes a guy that's just making films like Father of the Bride and Roxanne I liked Father of the Bride part one and two it's been so long since I've seen them that I couldn't actually give you an but he was in was it, was, it, was it Daddy Day no it wasn't Daddy Aye, uh, no but stuff like Daddy the remake Day, of the Pink Panther yeah fuck but when I, yeah when I think of Steve Martin I think of like really mediocre comedies that aren't really that funny Bullfinger is fucking brilliant, man. Yeah, but again, that's because of Eddie Man, Murphy. Man no, Steve, Steve Martin is great in that, no, and Eddie Murphy's great in it, but there's I, there's Heather Graham's really good in it as well. There's a lot of standout efforts from uh, everyone involved. Uh, what else? Um, Man with Two Brains? Uh, Dirty uh, Rotten Scoundrels. Dirty Rotten Scoundrels is a fantastic film. Yeah. I mean, I know you, you uh, love that SNL sketch where he's like sucking the gun. Oh, aye, aye, but it's, there, it's, yeah, it's like a... He's like an yes, American footballer, but he's got a gun. No, ah, it's, a, it's a, an ESPN cl- a parody of the ESPN Classics uh, series where yeah, his whole thing was he was great at football because he used to carry a gun in the field and nobody would rush him. Until um, one day he accidentally threw the gun rather than the ball. Yeah, 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 and he got banned from the league. But that was the thing, the, the referees were like, there was no actual law about carrying a gun, so we couldn't do anything about it. Um but yeah, no, but I like Steve Martin. Yeah. Uh, like you said, there, I think there's some good stuff. Well, here's a question, right? Who do you prefer, Steve Martin or Chevy Chase? Oh, that's a hard question, Tommy. I mean, that's a hard question because I have almost zero opinions on either of them. Well, I mean, like you Chevy like... Chase, like we watched the Vacation. Was it what was it? Yeah, we did. What one did we watch? We watched Vacation, and like, then I think we watched the, fir- the first Vacation. The first two yeah. of those Vacations, what? Being Vacation and European Vacation are both really good. I still really like I remember we were watching, we watched it recently. I don't think they've aged that well. Not really. I mean, mean, it couldn't have been that bad if we stuck on the second one after the first one. No, I think I preferred European Vacation and we didn't watch, we didn't go the the whole hall and watch Christmas Christmas, Vacation. Which I think is the one I've seen the most. The whole hall would be to watch Vegas Vacation as well. Is that the one with just Randy Quaid? No, no, I'm sure Chevy Chase is in that one as well. Uh, I will need to look that up. Do you know a film that apparently Chevy Chase is in and it's great is 
Fletch. I've never Fletch seen Fletch is a, fantastic. I've never seen I it. really like Fletch. I believe it's on... It's probably on Netflix. The... Or it'll be on either Netflix or Amazon. The only thing I remember about Fletch is a really... It was a Family Guy joke where it was... Um, it was like... Now, uh, now showing as part of uh, the... It was like they make a joke about dyslexic folks, like the dyslexic uh, theaters uh, group group film tonight is Felch. And I was like, hmm, classic Family Guy right there. Uh, Vegas <coughs> Vacations, Chevy Chase. Mm. Yeah. So is it is it, is it two Fletch films? Is that right? Yeah, there's Fletch and Fletch Lives. Mm. Um, I've only ever seen Fletch Lives once. And it was mm. when I was very young, and I keep looking to see if I can find it anywhere for nothing to watch. Right. So I don't know if I'm willing to pay for it. Yeah. it's probably only about like three pound to rent or maybe that. Chevy Chase has got some decent stuff. Like um, Memoirs of the Invisible Man, I remember liking at the time. Do you know that's a John Carpenter? Film? Is, a John Carpenter is it? Film? Yeah. yeah. I remember enjoying it at the time, but apparently it's not as good as you remember. Yeah, I remember, <coughs> I remember it not being that great. I liked Spies um, Spies Like Us, I quite enjoyed Spies Like Us is a fantastic film. And then Dan Aykroyd are yeah. Three <coughs> Amigos with Three Amigos, Amigos is easily Steve Martin's best movie. That's quite a claim, but like not, that, not a bad I one. love, I fucking love that movie. That is a great yeah, movie. Caddyshack. Caddyshack's excellent. I don't even remember Steve Martin being in that. No. No, Chevy Chase. Chase right. it? It's because all you think about is Rodney Dangerfield. He's, who's also great. Uh, yeah, he's really, really good at being the funny fucking, the, the hat sketch is absolutely fantastic. <laughs> but yeah. So Jackie Mason's the second one. It's not Jackie Gleason. No, it's Jackie Mason. Jackie Mason. Yeah. There was a second Caddyshack as well, right? Was that good? Uh, ah, it's Caddyshack. I've not seen the second one. Well, the Caddyshack one was good. Yeah. Again, Bill Murray. Early Bill Murray. And they, that's a list of Steve movies Martin and we <laughs> With no real answer to the question. Who, I think, listeners, who do you think's better, Steve Martin isn't, or Chevy Chase? They, I mean, like, isn't I Chevy Chase also supposed to be like a complete dick? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like he's like, blacklisted from Hollywood, like nobody wants to work with him. And then, purely because he's an asshole. He's a, yeah, I think um, the guy that, same, who's the guy that created Community? Dan Harmon. Dan Harmon apparently was a massive fan of his and couldn't wait to work with him and then I think like apparently he regrets it because he was difficult. Right. Yeah. I thought it's Dan Harmon, Dan Harmon is a bias of that and all. Oh, when oh, it, yeah. I would imagine Steve Martin is at least a nice guy. He, he comes he across, comes as, across a nice as a nice guy. guy. Mm-hmm. Like he's mm-hmm. cut, He's got a band. Plays banjo. Does he? Yeah, he plays a banjo. He plays a banjo. Does like uh, jazz gigs. If you were given the choice of well, going to were, see, they were touring. It was him and Martin Short. They were, they were doing like a, a uh, double act. Martin thing. Short is good. Yeah, he's made some good movies, yeah. but yeah, <clears throat> I don't know. I, I really enjoy Inner Space. I think that's he's, a Joe Dante movie. Like that kind of rubbery face that lends itself to comedy really well. Yeah. Inner Space is great. That film doesn't get talked about enough, man. He's it's also absolute brilliant. He's also fucking brilliant in a Arrested Development. Ah, he's yeah. probably my favourite cameo in Arrested Development, and that's could you call him a cameo? He's in it quite a lot. Like he's just a character, right? Aye, but uh, the same way I guess Ben Stiller's not really a cameo, but Tony wonders in it a couple of times. Sorry, guest on the show, mm-hmm. if you will. Carl Weathers is also really good in it. Yeah, but I, what's his name? Uncle Jack, yeah, he's got a, a guy that has to Can shoot him. Right. Shoot me, and he has to throw him because his legs are fucked. I think it was like he was a bodybuilder or something back in the day, but his legs have just withered away, and so he's, he's got a kid that carries him about the place. But he that's was what, very funny. That's kind of what happened to Paul Orndorff's arm. 
God, really? He got, he got uh, nerve damage in it. Mm. And instead of getting surgery, he went on the road because he was main eventing with Hogan at house shows. Oh, fuck. And God. so and this never ever got fixed and it, it just atrophied. You know, this went in a wee kind of Jeremy Weedle arm. Oh, my That's God. That's why he had to retire. That's horrible. Yeah. He died recently, was that right? Ah, yeah, was not that long ago. That was another thing, man. <coughs> another, another devastating one was the death of Michael K. Williams so I was like that's fucking sad man because yeah, Big Omar, John Paul Belmondo like six hours later um, well, I, was, I, I was like man fuck's sake I, like I never saw The Wire like was he in anything else yeah he, oh, well, he's, he's, he's in loads of stuff but he's in he's known for like Omar and Boardwalk Empire which I'm going to start watching I, I feel like I, sta- I tried to watch that a while back it's not and for just, you man yeah. I think I watched it I watched it's it high of the episode of that. <laughs> we might have watched it together no I watched it with Ava Right, mm. uh, and I don't remember being that into it. Who was our guy you said died? Uh, John Paul Belmondo. Who, who's that? He's in a Buddhist of Uh He's one of the big French New Wave actors for the sixties. That's why I don't know. <laughs> More likely, yeah. try to think of French actors that do know, and I can't even remember who was the guy who like wanted to go to the Gerard Depardieu. Yeah. Dave, that's the one. How did you even know? Just sort of going, it's man. the only one you know. <laughs> no, because there's also that a uh, Vincent Castell, Vincent Castell, the, mm-hmm. the most French-looking man who's ever French, and then uh, the Merovingian. Yes, actual name. He's no French. In real life, is he no? Uh, that is deaf what accent, man. The guy who plays the Merovingian. No, no, hold on. Did he? No, because he was in. He was in like a, a French film either before or after yeah, that, like yeah, yeah. not long after those films are out. I was like, I think he's I actually con- French. I was convinced that was an accent. Like, I, like he an American actor put an accent. I mean, who knows? Maybe he's just been like pigeonholed and like he got told yeah. to do a fake French accent for the next Jerry films. <laughs> and I mean, you've seen uh, many of uh, you've seen like Mick Max and Delicatessen and a lot of. Uh, uh-huh. Couldn't tell you the name of any of those actors at all. I suppose I is. I couldn't tell you the guy. Like, I was like, oh, he's in Mick Max and that. He's also in Alien Resurrection. Yeah, yeah. Where Where is Ron Perlman from? Is he American? He's American. Yeah. So, like, how did he start off in th- films like Kronos and all that sort of stuff? I think he just he, he learned the lingo, man. I think he'd be about for before, before mm. that. I think he just he learned the lingo, man. <clears throat> I'm going to say something that's potentially really offensive, but I'm oh. going to fucking walk right into it anyway. Oh God! Raise was yourselves. was Ron Perlman the beast in the TV show of Beauty and the Beast? Yeah, he was. Right, okay, so, right. Do you remember who the last he was? It was Sarah Connor. It was. <clears throat> Is the Merovingian not in the second Matrix film? Yeah, he's, he's in, in the second two and, and third. third. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Merv. He must just be in it late. Was Was you and I Parker recently? We were talking about that film Virus. Do you remember that? No, I don't know. Keep going. Keep talking. I'm trying to think who was in it. Was it Peter Weller or? Was it Christopher Lambert? I, I don't, sure look, I don't you, remember this film, and I also don't remember a conversation with you about it, so I think yeah. it was somebody else. Okay, I have found the Merovingian. All right. Is his name Big Doogie McMillan? What do you expect him to be? American. Do you expect him to be... Is he French? He is French. Wow. He was born in Paris, but studied acting in London. Which is why what was the movie he was in? are you looking at his IMDb thing just I'm currently looking at his IMDb what was the one that came out like just after The Matrix because I remember it was like 
one of the selling points was that he was in it, but it was like a French was he the, film. Did he direct? No. No. What year was The Matrix? 99, I think. No, 2003 was Right, 2003 was Revolutions. Mm. He was in Timeline. Oh, yes. <laughs> he was in timeline, and that's why we've did, never heard from him again. Richard Donner's timeline. Did he direct anything, uh, the Merovingian? Because I don't know why. It's like, is he the guy that directed Babylon AD? No. Do you know Babylon AD just turned up? So I think he's in Babylon AD. Because no, Babylon AD. Oh no, it's directed by the guy in Fifth Element. Give me the cash. Yeah. Give me the cash. Yeah. And, and he also famously, when it came out, denounced it. <laughs> This film was terrible. I regret uh, reading it. Matthew Kasovitz. That's the one. Mm. The cash. And Tim. And Fifth Element. But I was like, is that the guy from Matrix as well? I was like, no, it can't nah. be. You, I'd never seen Babylon AD, but I remember I you, you, you watched it. I'm getting confused. Saw, there was so I many things. Babylon AD sure was the, the one that was like Vin, Vin Diesel. Diesel. Yeah. It was shit. It was, it was a terrible, right. terrible film. It was really bad. There was a bit in it though, like which I always remember finding quite novel at the time, where like there's a holographic map that he like zooms in and out of by like like pinching the air in motions that we would do with smart yeah. smartphones yeah. now. But like I don't think smartphones were really had Minority Report been out then before then it would have because I think Minority Report's the first time I remember seeing that kind of technology because I. Because Tom Cruise, like, he's got, like, gloves on and he's, like, looking at, like, oh, this is when the crime's going to happen and all that. When do we get that? When are we getting that? Uh, Well, in Texas, I believe they already do have that. Given that their new rape laws when Government Abbott was uh, interviewed. um, Where are you going with this? I was talking about the technology, not the fucking, like, fascist state. Well, we're getting to that because... When, yeah, we're getting through something. I'm going to have to edit <laughs> out of the podcast. When when asked when asked by an by a journalist uh, why you why the abortion law was still fine if it was someone you were if you were carrying to ter- the term carrying a baby to term after being raped that there was no exemption for that, and he said there doesn't have to be. I'm going to capture all the future rapists. So he has the technology. Oh, right. Of right. Or see, so it went somewhere. It did go yeah. somewhere. We've made yeah. it relevant. Oh my God. He's going to capture all the future rapists. Yeah. Well. Yeah, so he's got the minority report technology. Yeah. Right, okay. I guess a uh, rapist in Texas, look out. <laughs> hey. yeah, man. That guy knows what, he, yeah. he knows what you're going to do before you know it. Yeah. And that's how we all spent our COVID vacation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But, uh, oh yeah, well, speaking of the Matrix and that, we watched the trailer for the fourth one. It looks bombing. It does, it looks terrible. It looks so messy and cheap and unnecessary and, yeah. <laughs> it, just, looks it, looks like, it looks like they're just remaking the first one. Yeah, it's like a soft reboot. You could, like you said it, and I was like, that's exactly yeah. what it is. It's just, it's just the first one, and it leans so heavy into what you remember about the first yeah. one. It's like, remember when it was good? <laughs> Yeah. I, I don't like the look of this at all it, it looks really just I think I said to you I was like that looks like a fucking mess of a film it just like I, I said this uh, talking to um, Alan Kerr former Raptor Alan Kerr mm-hmm. uh, that it just gives off really strong Jupiter Ascending vibes rather than oh, Matrix vibes definitely I totally wiped that from yeah. my mind how did Alan say he liked it he likes the look of the trailer Jesus Christ 
<laughs> oh man, I just oh, no, absolutely not. I mean, of course I'll watch it because I'm curious, but no. sometimes you just got to know. Well, yeah, no, but I think the older I get, I'm able to just be like, no, nah, I'm not watching that. The Snyder Cut, nope, I'm no interest. I will watch that when it becomes convenient, and I'll hate myself for it. Nope, it TV, you can watch it on your telly. But not on any of the free stuff just now. Have I not? I put my now TV at. Don't TV. think so. Did I give it to one of you? Mm, no, think so. Sure, I've given that a password that you've to have data. I'm a. I'm not paying money to no, be disappointed. Sorry. On it's, on it's some. Oh, sorry. I'm not paying money on something I'm going to be disappointed. That. Yeah. No, you do that. You watch the first five minutes of the play step of what if, and you're like, that's shite, and then you turn it yeah. off. Yeah. Is this a zombies one? Yeah, I have no idea. It doesn't it's start off. Just, it's just rubbish. I've never been into the Marvel zombies as a comic, so I don't really care about it being a cartoon either. Yeah. What if is most definitely the worst of the Disney TV shows that they've made so far? Oh yeah, yeah, I know. Like hundred percent. Yeah. Wow. Sorry, Falcon Winter Soldier. That's what I'd say. It's worse than that, aye. Huh? Oh. Ben say that like the problem is it just feels like fan fiction and oh, that's, what it it that's, what, that's what it was born out of yeah, so and it just depends if you could stomach that or you care about that but like I don't even see even if like I don't know it just feels all of it just feels so tame and lifeless and the animations I don't like it like I think it's quite rubbish yeah I don't think uh, the animations are good but like all the stories and stuff are just so bland like all of them did you, did you the, ever, pro- the problem the, with it is, is is it's a what if cartoon but it's stuck within the confines of the MCU the, yeah. like it's got little elements that they've brought in from other things but more more often than not it's You've got to use the versions of the characters from the MCU, and you can't—they're you can't, not really veering far enough away from that, for my taste. Granted, I haven't seen the next, current episode. Like I, I liked last week's one with a uh, Doctor Strange. I thought was was pretty good. Yeah. Like in in regards to the rest of the series, mm-hmm. like pretty good, and that it was like watchable. But like, even that wasn't great. Like I liked the the kind of idea of uh, him becoming corrupted. Mm-hmm. Um. The means of why he becomes corrupted is that fucking age-old, overdone thing, though. I, I just don't have any story. interest in watching it. Like, I'm just like, nah, it's fine. Ah, they're, they're not really worth it. Mm. Have you like? Is it growing up or even just now? Have you ever indulged in fan fiction of like something that you loved, like you know, Star Wars or Star Trek? Or nah, like it just always never really. I mean, it's it's not like see the Star Wars books. I mean, I know it's not fan fiction, <coughs> but like, it became fan fiction. Yeah, you, you read a lot of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now they're like not canon. Right. So. All the ones. Well, you see, you see that, that like, but they're pretty much bringing back everything from them anyway. Like, right. you know, there's like so much of the the old stuff that's just in them, and it's not even like they've severely altered it or that. They've pretty much just lifted it from the books and brought it in. Mm. So like all the stuff with a uh, Grand Admiral Thrawn, which like I guess hasn't really what well, he's been in the Mandalorian TV. Well, they mentioned him in the TV show, yeah, right? He was in Rebels, which is you actually see him in it. He's the main antagonist right. for the vast majority of that show. Right. So yeah, but like most people, like the ones who love Star Wars, but when they say that, they only mean 
like films. the Mandalorian and the the main TV shows, mm. like they're not really going to know who Thrawn is, but like I would imagine that's going to be something that'll be quite big going yeah. forward. Mm. Uh, but he's like lifted from the the books and like a lot of things that like somebody could have mentioned Mara Jade being in the things coming up soon. I haven't seen uh, Have you? I think yeah. Like. I mean, I don't know. Imagine maybe you've dipped your toe in this deal, but have you ever read like game fan fiction, like I don't know Zelda or something well, like, like novelizations of games? Well, we kind of like I. I've read like comic book stuff. Like I've got um, got a couple of graphic novels in the house, which were reprint, which are essentially reprints of comic series which were in Nintendo Power. In the oh, right. I've got a Zelda one and a Mario one. Right. Well, the Mario one's pretty wild at times. <laughs> um, yeah, everything's essentially fan fiction if it's not the original source. So yeah, but most of the time, when something is being actually produced and made into like a film or something, there's like a level of polish kind of given to it, and like just extra kind of work done to make the script feel like it isn't. Oh, just yeah, like pulled out of somebody's arse most of the time like not all the time but I most of the time I don't go like, on like shitty fan fan boards uh, going going to see who's shipping who this week in fucking Naruto or something like or? most of the time as well whenever I've read fan fiction it's like you can see so clearly that people just didn't understand the characters yeah. but like you can see how they fucked it up uh, and then they just run with it anyway you're like nah you just you don't get it you've, you've done it wrong and that's yeah, like I've never been in, interested in fan fiction. Okay, it's money to be made there, man. Because Fifty Shades of Grey, that was fan yeah, fiction. Yeah, that was Twilight yeah. fan fiction. Yeah. yeah. So there you go, and, that, and that's what the fastest selling book of all time. Yeah. And I'm like, that's that's so depressing. <laughs> Can you imagine being like an actual fucking just talented author? Talented author, and like putting so much fucking time and effort and so much of your life like research and all this kind of stuff like making this book the best thing it could ever fucking be and then just to see that fucking absolute hack just come in and storm the fucking man but that's what sells well to be to be Uh, fair like I don't know if you would say Stephanie Meyer is the most talented author having no having that's read. my point no that's like Stephanie Myers is rubbish no but oh, that was she, the Twilight she, she that's did Twilight she, yeah. it was E.L. James that did yeah <laughs> but having read the Twilight books Stephanie Meyer is not a good writer you you <laughs> had those books in the flat when we lived together yeah. and I remember trying to read it and I think I made it a page and a half in and was like no no just can't yeah. It's fucking terrible. The hunter looked at me from across the table. The hunt is like fuck off. Just those, those books are weird. Like they're. I think Stephanie Meyer has issues of of because uh, like those books they're very chaste in terms of their the kind of there's an innocence to a lot of things like vampires is an innocence to them as well, but yet. The whole thing is about this bird who is essentially being stalked mm. by this vampire, mm. and but he's kind of he's kind of struggling with his I can't I can't get involved with this lassie because she's she's human, but then she's <coughs> like, oh no, I should be afraid, but I'm not, and also 
I want the the kind of the sexuality of it mm. is like it's violence, <laughs> right? But yeah, no, I, no, I, having seen some of the films, no, <laughs> they're terrible. They just they, they always they always just seem like really watered down Anne Rice to me. Like yeah, it, like yeah, because like see, cause way, see her, the way that Anne Rice is like she is like vampire is a metaphor for for kind of human sexuality it's the same thing but it's there's a very kind of there's a very it's a very stunted version mm. of that where she doesn't really understand how to kind of put that on the page like that's that's a classic kind of trope that has been with vampires is this kind of romantic romantic figures is that right yeah, yeah. is it Anne Rice that kind of no it was, it was Stoker, Bram, Bram Stoker, Stoker was the one that brought that oh, right. like because he he made Dracula a out to be like way more kind of seductive and stuff like that like yeah. not not so much as like in the movies where it becomes like a fucking werewolf and women start like just fucking falling in love with him in the streets of London because of it what? but he's, he's supposed yeah, well, to be like super charming and erudite yeah. <laughs> like I like Francis Ford Coppola's Bram Stoker's Dracula I do like that but in terms of it is a very muddled piece of what they're actually trying to say about Dracula you're like so he's a a wolf. He's a wolf rapist, but he's exactly. not really. He, he's just in love with Mina Harker, who may or may not be the uh, the fucking reincarnated. And you're like, but wait a minute, that, that, there's that, no that, fucking way. Like this doesn't make any sense. That that film is a testament to just what cocaine can do. It's it's a great. I, 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 I enjoy the shit out of that movie. That film it, is a fucking fever dream. But it 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 doesn't make sense. <laughs> And you're like, look, man, it doesn't matter. Look how fucking great Gary Oldman is. Gary Oldman is owning this shit, man. That's how good it is. <laughs> now you get big Keanu in his lovely British accent. Mm. The bastard lives at Carfax Avenue. <laughs> you're like, Sadie Frost is punting out everything about the place. Who is Van Helsing in that? Uh, Andy Hopkins. Oh, Who's it? And, yes. and he chews that scenery. Oh, aye. It's amazing, that. Oh, <laughs> it, man. Remember when Andy Hopkins was a werewolf? That yeah, was I'm good. Things, I'll def- I will defend that movie to the yeah, death. Yeah, I like man. that movie. Like, yeah. both fans fine. Fans all right. I just I remember you fucking Paco particularly loved it. Just with like, you know, the big reveal that Tony Hopkins is is a wolf and he kind of tears his clothes off as if say, right, it's go time. Right, let's let's <laughs> fucking go at it, boys. <laughs> You've done terrible things. That it's, movie was alright. I remember when you seen like Del Toro's like, hello father, I'm like, fuck off, you know your dad, mate, no way. And then, uh, like, it was fine. It's just a shame because whenever you want to make a werewolf film, you're always trying to chase the, werewolf the transformation London. sequence right. that it, it, it can be as good as uh, American Werewolf in London, but, yeah, the, the Wolfman was fine. I think they should use, like, the old method of, like, rotoscoping stuff, man, because some of the old yeah. werewolf movies, that still looks shit up. What's your what's your favourite werewolf effort? Oh man, Mike Nichols is Wolf, starring Jack Nicholson. No, I I do enjoy, <laughs> I that, enjoy film. that film. It's, it's yeah. a Mike Nichols film, but uh, I like who's, that film. Who's Mike Nichols? What's he done? I think he, I'm, I'm, I think it's Mike Nichols. I think he did like The Graduate, and he's he, he was like very he's a very prestige uh, director. So when he did a werewolf movie with Jack Nicholson, it was a bit odd. And Michelle Pfeiffer, but I remember watching it as a kid and loving it. Uh, the transformation sequence, that's all right. Um, but favourite werewolf movie I don't know I do like um, Oliver Reed's Curse of the Werewolf it's a good movie uh, again <clears throat> if you're looking 
at a particular era. Surely Werewolf in London. Werewolf in London's good. Yeah. It's, Werewolf in London's such a strange film because it's, it feels like a comedy at times. Uh, uh, but it is a good movie. Um, Dog Soldiers. Dog Soldier. Dog Soldiers is probably Neil Marshall's only good movie. It is Neil Marshall's only good movie. Uh, I have not seen. I've not seen The Descent, uh, but Doomsday is not very good. I've not seen. Not seen Centurion, and he did. Centurion is not good. And he's got this thing about having Scotland as just demons. (laughs) Is uh, is he Scottish? No, he's English. I think he's from Manchester. Uh, He. His Hellboy movie was awful as well. That is that the Netflix one? I the most recent one? I forgot the David Harbour. That's how made that one. That's a fucking mess. Yeah, that that's a bad movie. But now I watched Mila Jojovic. Mila Jojovic. And pretty much anything these days, but that was bad. Yeah. Um, but he did. I think he he did. He can direct good stuff. Like he directed the um, a few key episodes of Game of Thrones. Uh, is it is it not the Black Sails episode? What was it called? Fucking hell! It was on. It was a big battle one anyway. And it was early doors. I think it's when Tyrion. The, the black the oh, battle of the Blackwater. Blackwater. That's it. I'm pretty sure he directed that one, which was again a good episode. <coughs> but yeah. Dog Soldiers is a good movie though, man. Again, the, the the werewolves look cool. That's the thing, like especially when you're making like that kind of monster movie, you don't want it to look too CGI and shit. You, you kind of yeah. want a bit of realism to it as well. And I think it's because like, don't get me wrong, wrong. Lon Chaney looked fun as the as the Wolfman, but it's very much of its time. Yeah. And you like to think, especially coming up to like American Werewolf in London, and the effects of like the tra- transformation sequence and how he just looks in general. You're like. You can achieve this. You just need to be willing to just not CGI shit. I realise we have had conversations about this in the past because, like, when it comes to the horror stuff, like werewolves are the ones I tend to like like the most when these things. Like, I know we've spoken about it before, but a mm. uh, that movie, a uh, Wolfen, was also really good. Is not it is it is not really a werewolf movie, I guess, mm. but uh, it's like hyper sentient wolves that live in the outskirts of New York, mm-hmm. and a uh, they they get like quite annoyed that building old buildings are being bulldozed, mm. and they they kind of start murdering folk. It's good. And are you a fan of the the Howling? The Howling's a great movie. Yeah, I watched that you know, recently. I've, I've it's never still I've never seen any of them though. I have seen. You only have to watch the first one. I've, I've seen like the transform. Like that's the one where like when it's transforming, it's almost like they rip the the kind of human skin off, like it's yeah. paper, and the wolves are none underneath. Yeah. Silver Bullet's good. Uh, Is that the one with Corey? Yeah. Not not Corey Feldman. Corey. The other Corey. Hames. Corey Hames. I've not seen that one. Um, (coughs) No, I haven't seen that one. Ginger Snaps is good. Ginger Snaps was alright. No? I think by the time I got around to watching it, there'd been a lot of hype about it. Mm. And although I thought it was decent, I don't think it lived up to the hype. Like, I remember kind of not being too fussed about it, like, when I first saw it, but I watched it again not too long ago, and thought it was pretty enjoyable. Yeah. And then there's that other one where it's, like, the blind guy against the werewolf in the gated community, but I always forget what it's called. Like, like I didn't watch that alone, I watched it with one or both of you guys. Blind guy in a gated Aye, it's like a, a kind of older blind dude who's got a pet dog, it's a gated community in America, and he, there's, like murders start happening and there's like a police investigation for it 
but then like he manages like the thing kills his dog and he manages to, to survive it and uh, after that like he essentially becomes like home alone where he just like booby uh, traps his house in order to catch the fucking thing is it a new film? Like, relatively. Like, I watched it with one of you two. Like, I, I don't remember when it was, but I, like, it turns out that pretty much, like, most of the other fucking neighbours are werewolves and they're all, like, dickheads. Uh, you've just reminded me, and I, the thing is, I can never, ever remember the title of this film, but uh, as part of a kind of... Uh, Late phases. That's the one. That yeah. sounds familiar. Uh, I've, I've never seen it, so... Uh, you've just reminded me a few years ago I think it was like when the Glasgow Film Festival came out uh, <laughs> and I actually went uh, I managed to get a couple of uh, press tickets because for this podcast I was like oh yeah man I'll give you a shout out and uh, to those <laughs> shout out a shout out to, and to a, like a, a couple of dozen people in America yeah man business and that but there's a I saw a werewolf film at that and I thought it was fucking great and it's something something sleep I'm just going to look up it was, it was a Danish effort but that was excellent I was like as a mo- I remember you talking about yeah, that yeah I was like in terms of like modern werewolf films that is a must see so bear with me I only watched it once so I'm just trying to remember what. I don't remember you talking about this though that yeah like I'm trying to think what it was called uh, I'm, I'm sure it was Danish it was Danish or Swedish so we'll talk he's doing that though but yeah, talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> you, you watched anything like non movieish over the Sorry. Is it called When Animals Dream? That's it. When Animals Dream. Neil's Searching fucking Dan- coming in with Danish that. werewolf film. That's probably the best thing you could do. That's what I was about to do. Um, but what, yeah. What, like, but what, what did you do? What did you actually search for? Well, I tried to access the IMDb app and it was taking too long. And I was like, no, just Google it. Like, Neil was already way ahead of me at that mm-hmm. point. That is a good movie, though, man. That is a absolute must-see in terms of, like, uh, modern werewolf films. Uh, Non-TV-ish. Uh, it's non-movie-ish. Non-movie-ish. All right, I've watched... I've started watching Donald Glover's Atlanta. That any good? Yes, it is. Uh, I enjoy, I'm enjoying the show. What's that about? It's like... Don, it's it's really weird. It's like a drama... It's a drama, but it's a comedy as well. Um, like, Donald Glover create, created it, wrote it, and stars in it. And it's him and his brother, sorry, him and his cousin. His cousin's an aspiring rap, an aspiring rapper called Paperboy. And I think it's a good name. B B O I. You gotta get that Paperboy. And then uh, Donald Glover kind of wants to be in uh, the music management business, so he's trying to help promote uh, his uh, cousin. And um, I want to say hijinks ensues. But it's it's a really it's a really nice blend of drama and comedy, and it's uh, it's very unique. Because I remember when it came out, I'm pretty sure Alan Kerr had told me I should watch it, and it was getting like rave yeah, reviews. Yeah, it always got really good hype up behind it. Just in, yeah, I never got to see I, it on the telly. I, well, it's it's on. Uh, it's on if, Disney Plus. I've got Disney Plus. It's on the Star section, and uh, I think there's like another season on the way as well. Yeah. But it's it's totally worth a watch. And because I'd seen the trailer for um, People Just Do Things uh, Big in Japan, I watched that TV show. I've been thinking about giving that a crack. It's, it is good. Like, uh, Well, yeah, it starts off quite funny. Hmm. And it remain, it kind of remains quite funny. But the problem is, is, apart from maybe one character, everyone's annoying in it. Right. <laughs> but is that not intentional, though? Yeah, like... 
Yeah, like the whole idea is that they're they're a pirate radio station called Corrupt FM, spelt with a K, uh, which they like to <laughs> like they keep saying, and it is about like these like they, they like get they're an aspiring garage band, um, and it's just about them kind of living their lives and try to like promote their stuff, but they're not they're not very good at all. <laughs> well, they're not good musicians, or they're not good at like the the MC is actually not bad. Like in terms of like how he can MC, but just the shit he talks and the the tunes he does is shit. Um, I think there's one that's like the the one they keep trying to promote and they keep trying to like get they get a music video for it. It's it's just basically him repeating himself saying, uh, "Bang, lyrical." Uh, lyrical bullet to the jaw bang <laughs> just he keeps going on and on about it and then occasionally there's a verse and, and okay, it's, it's it's just strange but the, the worst thing is I've been to Dom Bass gigs where that's about the level of yeah scene. but there's a, there's a lot of like decent comedy that um the, the, the main the, one of the main guys in it is a kind of tall guy called Steve's and I think he's like the best character um at one point um his, his, at one point uh, a relative of his passes away his old nan and um, what their their pal um, explains to him, listen, like you know, she's passed away, but your friends, you know, he's just given birth to a, a baby daughter, and that's how it works. You know, it's a circle of life kind of thing. And then Steve's for a while just keeps calling his baby his mate's daughter Nan because he believes it's his Nan's reincarnated, and he's like fucking trying to like, remember all. He's telling her stuff to remember and all that. But like, as I said, man, it's kind of. It's it's done in a mockumentary style. Like you don't, we don't know why, but there's a camera crew that follows them yeah. about and asks them about their life, and it felt kind of wasn't absurd. It wasn't as absurd or as good <clears throat> as Four Lions, but they're they're aiming for that kind of niche yeah. comedy. So it's worth it. I mean, as I said, it just it was just something to watch. It it I think there's five seasons. And it, it does get... It, oh, but is it five British seasons? Was it yes, like six yeah, episodes yeah. Six episodes, half, okay, half an hour long. That's a lot more manageable. Yeah. Um, if it, if they're an hour, if the episodes were an hour long, it'd be overkill. Ah. Um, but it's it's fine. Yeah. It was fine. Yeah. Uh, and I just, again, I just like, oh, what the fuck? when I seen the trailer for their film, I was like, what the, f- what the fuck is this TV show? Yeah, <clears throat> look, I've seen that trailer enough times now that I, can, I had kind of thought, should maybe take a look at that show mm-hmm. and see what it's like. Cause that trailer looked alright. It it looked fine. I just thought it was like, what is it? I mean, it must be the sitcom must have been bigger than what I knew of it. Cause I was like, what the fuck is this? And then it just happens to be it was on uh, Netflix. I'm like, oh well, I'll watch that. Only well, the problem is there. It was the, a BBC one. I think was it not I, beforehand? But the whole problem is the like the because it is kind of a niche thing. Oh. I think it's out of the cinema now. I don't know if it's there. Ah, it's not there anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't think it'd been released yet. No, it was out for uh, a wee while, man. It was out for like about two weeks. And it's funny considering the fucking advert for it stolen before yeah. every film. Yeah. Like, it's it's not in the city world we attend, but I'm pretty sure... No, it was, it, was there on sun, it was there on Sunday when you... What? Oh, the film. The film, I mean... Right, sorry. I, no, the advert was still yeah. there on Sunday. Whereas I think it's like, in Glasgow, if you're going to go to watch it at a city world, it's, it's not Parkhead. But it's not the one in town, it's uh, another Sil- one. Silverburn? No, it's not Silverburn. Well, Silverburn's the only one left. Okay, can't, well, it's not, it could be Silverburn. I would, have thought, sure it would be, I would have thought it would be at the Forge. Joe, maybe it is. It maybe it is the Forge. I was maybe getting it wrong. Yeah. But I would, I would definitely watch it because I'm familiar with it now. Yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, but 
you should. I think you will like Atlanta. Neil, you should check it. Yeah, out. I, I will. I've been kind of in that weird phase at the moment that I like to. I like to watch a show at breakfast. Like yeah. See if, see if I'm working in the afternoon. I'll get up. I'll make breakfast and I'll sit and watch a show. Uh, like I'll, I'll see what's on YouTube first and then I watch them. Uh, and I've finished everything that I had been watching, so I'm kind of in that kind of limbo limbo of what mm-hmm. to watch and I'd thought about uh, having to go at The Sopranos again because uh, I've only ever seen the first season of that I was talking to my mate about that last uh, night and I'm like I, I want to rewatch that as well it's like but a it, prequel thing for that or something just aye, like, The Many Saints of Newark yeah. is coming out which is a prequel film where it's like his actual real life Gandolfini's son, son plays young uh, Tony Soprano in it and it's made by it's David Chase that's it right yeah, so like, like, yeah it's the show creator so I, like, I, I, right. I remember enjoying the first season mm. uh, it was just it was, it was when I lived in Spain so it was kind of difficult to get English DVDs of it mm. um, but it's just such an undertaking now <laughs> to sit and watch that again to watch that because that was was it nine seasons it's something like that I think it? it's at least eight yeah because it was that was back that was and the thing is as well when you watch it because the first season's like 1998 1999 yeah it looks it <laughs> but yeah. uh, the, the writing's top notch man the writing is still excellent yeah so I'm kind of in that but I, want, I need something which is I need a half hour easy going so Atlanta let's uh, <laughs> might fill that thing <clears throat> uh, I because I watched the last episode of Monsters at Work this week oh yeah you were saying that was good uh, that's that's a nice wee show it's nice wee half hour episodes uh, of just Pixar doing that universe. Still need to see Soul. Soul's alright. Soul's, Soul's good. good. I, am. I also watched Luca this week. Alright. And I was not impressed. Is it is that the one with the mayor man yeah. thing? Yeah. I will have the caveat of stoned off my ass <laughs> and, and not paying a hundred percent attention to it. But I did not like it. Okay. I thought it was boring. I thought the animation wasn't good. I thought it, uh, all the, a lot of the <coughs> colours were oversaturated and I checked the telly it wasn't the telly because Zootopia looked fine before it and that film still fucking rocks Mate, there's your problem man you can't go for Zootopia to something else and expect it to hold up what are you doing? is a good film man. you know how, you know your problem with uh, the Clone Wars the animation how it's kind of herky yeah, yeah, yeah. because it's supposed like it's supposed to look like because it's supposed to look like Thunderbirds I found the animation of Luca was that kind of every, everything looked like marionettes and those <coughs> like marionettes and it just I just wasn't into it. I just didn't find it that interesting. Man, I still haven't watched Kubo the Two Strings. Just one thing about animated films. Yeah, I keep meaning to watch that as well. Like, look at the fucking look of disappointment so in Paco's face because he so loved good. that movie. Uh, They've not like like I haven't made a bad film, have they? They made a couple of ones that were Box just right. was fine. But it was no like you know. Did they missing the link was just alright? Was, was was missing link the one with Hugh Jackman? Missing link and Pirates was Ardman, was it not? Missing Pirates was Ardman. Hmm. Missing link, I think, was no was it early man was Ardman. That's what I'm thinking of. Is missing link the one with uh, Zach Galifianakis as yes? Sasquatch. Right. Yeah. I enjoyed that. I thought that was. Aye, but it was good. It, it, it was the like second best Sasquatch movie of that summer. But what was the other one? Oh. Little uh, I Little Feet. Little Feet. That's, I remember you going on. I don't think I've seen that. That film was alright. Mm. That film's about. Is that Daniel Radcliffe or something? That? No, it's. Um, That's Happy Feet. Where is it? It's Channing Tatum. 
Okay, go on. Uh, as an abominable snowman who they're not allowed to move, uh, they're not allowed to go past a certain point on the mountain, uh, and humans, as far as as far as the elders are concerned, they say look, humans are a myth. Things like that. There's, they're monsters anyway, so because of that, they're myths. But then Chan Tatum finds a human and suddenly realizes that all everything he's been told is a lie. It's about him discovering that God's not real, essentially. <coughs> okay. I do um, like Chan and Tatum. Oh yeah. It's a good movie, it's fun. Um what, do you was, do you have a like an, I think the best Latka movie, I know it's we're kinda of, just kinda of circling back, it's still Paranorman. I didn't like Paranorman. Wow, man. Paranorman was good. I fucking loved that film. I thought it was. Was that well, the, I think was that your first effort? No, Coraline was. I think Cor- Coraline's a great. Coraline's film. a good film. I, d- I don't know what it was. I might not have been in the right mood for it. I just, I no point did I ever feel anyone was in any danger. It's a kids movie. film. I know it's a kids movie, <laughs> but I come from a generation where kids get fucked up. Fuck, even non-generation that bridge to Terra Biffy or that bird fucking dies. Uh, Sure does. It's but like Paranormal was just fun though. It was just like it was just mm. good to watch. Mm. I, I would wa- I would give it a second shot, but I didn't enjoy it. That um, much time as well. Casey Affleck's good in it as well. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I've been watching that's like non-filmy is um, Netflix have kind of they're trying to kind of do their own version of the Thirty for Thirty series, and it's called um, Forty for Forty. <laughs> I think it's called. Untold. Oh, right, yeah, I've seen a couple of them. Uh, yeah, there's some fucking wild some documentaries in there. Um, wild as in good or wild as in shite, these are all over the place. Well, the weakest, sorry, the weakest one. There's one about, there's one called Malice in the Palace, which is basically about an infamous basketball match where the, the crowd and the basketball players were fighting like fuck. Oh, yeah. Which was, it was good. I was like, this is a good start. Uh, the second one is about a. What was her name? Um, this really famous kind of uh, female boxer, who eventually was getting managed by like Don King, and she was like the undercard for a Tyson fight. Mm. But then her, her life kind of it, it takes a fucking weird and wild turn. The, Did she get involved with a cartel? Um, her husband tries to kill her. Oh, okay. Who is also her coach, and who also filmed her doing really questionable things. Mm. And he, you know, so it was it's uh, fu- it's it's, it's, it's fucked up. Mm. But the best one is one called crimes and penalties <clears throat> and it is about a guy who's in the trash disposal business but he also has mafia connections oh, and who couldn't see that coming and then he buys his 17 year old son a hockey team and makes him the president but see before like before this like is especially his son is right into his wrestling so it was back in like this happened like in i think it was like 2004 but his son was like our age, like in the nineties right, when okay. WWE was huge, and he's like, "Hi hey, man, there's a bit where Triple H and The Rock are at this guy's birthday party," <laughs> and I'm like, "You think? Oh, he's gonna get some wrestlers just to be some fucking whatever." But it's like, no, this was peak WWE. So oh, I was okay, like, "Holy yeah. shit!" How, man. how much do you reckon it costs to get The Rock and Triple H at your birthday party? I don't know. That's what I'm saying. How much? Uh, how much uh, would back, you personally be willing to pay, then, Tommy? I well, well, I would, I, I'm not really a big fan of the game. Although I'm glad to hear that he's not dying and he's doing yeah, alright but yeah like who wouldn't want to hang out with how, the how much would you personally pay to get the, oh, the rock at your birthday party I, I don't know man I'm not rich like a tenner 
<laughs> the Rock would he wouldn't do that for a tenner no way man but how much would you pay Tom well, I don't know man I don't, I'm not rich I don't really know how I can answer that question like, how, like, what's, what's the limit what they like right, we've got the what Rock what do you mean the limit like what's your limit like the, we've, got the, we've got the Rock on the fucking benches here it could be at your birthday party Tommy but only if you're willing to spend some money how much money you I want to spend I honestly don't know how to answer that question like, like if somebody was like the Rock could be there for 50 quid would you do it yeah 100 aye 200 Yes. You would spend 200 quid to get a rock at your birthday party. Well, not my birthday party now, but as a kid back in WWE. Like right now. Or right now. Nah, the rock's too busy, man. He wouldn't do that. No way, would he? 200 quid? No fucking way, man. The rock would be. He would. He would he's the highest. He's, he's like the most successful. This isn't, this isn't about like what the rock would do. This is about how much you would pay. <laughs> oh, well, to be fair, I would probably just tweet and put the feelers out. Like that time me and Neil tried to tweet uh, Teddy Cruz. If you want to get a pint, and that spring. offer still stands, Mister Cruz. Uh, yeah, if you're listening, Terry, uh, if you're in Glasgow, we we will happily take you for wings and drinks. I also remember you uh, tweeting Sylvester Stallone and being really disappointed that he didn't tweet you back. Yeah, well, who, yeah, <laughs> uh, it is what it is. Um, but that's it. I just I don't really do Twitter, <laughs> but that that tweet of Terry Cruz was was it was, was, was pretty fun. Did um, he? Did he like? Like it or whatever, or no? no? I mean, fuck it, we never heard anything back from him. That was Terry Crews at Pierre Guillaume's the thing. Right, so who the fuck are these guys? But uh, yeah, this documentary is it's very good, and again, of course, yeah. it feels like you're watching like a a, a, a mob movie because yeah, the, the dad has to go down for a couple of years, and yes, the FBI are investigating if the money's been laundered through this franchise team. But what's actually, it's kind of got a nice thing to it because this 70 year old guy who looks like Eminem and he just looks like a punk, right. he actually knows what he's doing and he actually takes his team no bad in the regionals. So it is very entertaining, man. Check it out. I've also got a good documentary series on Netflix, not Netflix, um, YouTube actually, mm. uh, recently. One called Fighting in the Age of Loneliness, which is about the. Death Spares Not the Tiger. No, <laughs> can you believe you called his main character John Everyman? <laughs> it's a uh, history of the UFC. All right. And, um, and it's links to. And not its links, but how it's become popular amongst your kind of. your right wing and how it's seen as a right wing sport. All right. Okay. Uh, What's that? Which also then led me to uh, the history of a uh, seven-part history of the Atlanta Falcons. As okay, been, I, I mean, I like my history shows and uh, well as well. But are they? I don't. Is this is going to sound really daft? Is it an interesting subject that particular team? Was there corruption? Was um, there no. controversy? I suppose from a non from a non-American football fan, it's probably not that interesting. There's a couple. Of, it's a couple. A good episode. Which is about uh, the Super Bowl that they lost to the Patriots, which they should have won because it got to like the fourth quarter and they were like thirty points ahead, and then Fuck. get gobbed. That but was like a couple of years ago, game. right? Yeah. So it's it's interesting because it goes into detail about that game and how things fell apart and stuff like that. I mean, I could watch that. Like um, the majority of like the thirty for thirty series. A lot of it is basketball documentaries and I had no interest yeah. in it, but I actually am kind of interested in the sport of basketball now. I appreciate it, especially after watching The Last Dance. I can't remember the name of it, but there's a really good 30 for 30, which is about it's about match fixing in college basketball. Yeah, I think I've probably uh, seen that one. Which has links to the film Goodfellas, because it's mm-hmm. 
I've that definitely seen that. that I have definitely yeah. seen that one. There's one about uh, there's again there's like oh man this team this this high school in Dallas and it's like their 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 high school football. Was that Pony XS? Yeah, it was great. Pony XS is fantastic. And it was great. Yeah. I was like, man, yeah. what the fucking what do I care about this? And then immediately because Thirty for Thirty are so good at producing their documentaries and their their actual just their content is great because yeah. you're like, I don't give a fuck about some Texas. Who cares? And then you're like. Nah, man. Turns out, like it wasn't just that. The, the the boys were getting bribed, and it went all the way to the mayor's office. Yeah. I'm like, holy fuck, man! I and then it went all the way to the governor. Yeah, and I was like, man. And then I was sitting there watching. I was like, that was fucking enthralling, man. And I don't know shit about this. How how much do you think you retain from documentaries? Like, do you remember most of the documentaries? Like, do you remember like most Names, of dates, yeah, like just like no, even even just like the the kind of. Not not like the the main bullet points, but like just like the other kind of parts. Of it. Do you retain like a lot of memories from documentaries, or would you say you forget most of it? Or well, the majority of the time when I watch a documentary, I'll just watch it once. I don't really go back to it. So there's something like there's some things depend on um, depend on the subject matter. Like um, yeah, so and so. Like in terms of names and dates, but it's like again, there's a thirty for thirty one called the Good, the Bad, and the Hungry. And that's about the guy that is who was the hot dog world championship. The I, guy couldn't, called, I couldn't finish watching that. Uh, I like it's I grotesque. I I, so I really I really enjoyed it, and I remember like the boy like him um, is fantastic, and then he's like he's got a personality, and there's this other guy who's in it who's again a big personality, but I don't remember his name, but I always just call him the Vince McMahon of hot dog eating comps because that's the way he, he portrays himself as like this fucking mad promoter where is, where is the... it's like it's like King of Kong everybody remembers Billy Mitchell exactly yeah, you can never remember the name of like I'm oh, no, Steve Levy fuck I've ruined one point <laughs> I mean you didn't remember because I was also trying to remember Billy Mitchell's name but couldn't remember that either mm. like all I really know about him is that he always wears an American tie yeah. and he, he tries to sell hot sauce all the time and he's like a huge fucking cheater Mm. Right, he's got the long well, did he not black, like, black mullet yeah did he not like recently like yeah they reinstated yeah, they because, reinstated it uh, for some reason what I can't, I can't remember why they reinstated it was it not like did he not replicate the, the score but like in an official cabinet or something I can't remember I think that's what it was because he, he put like a lot of effort into like twitch streams and stuff of proving he can do it uh, on like a non-main cabinet but again, that documentary is really good because it has the whole kind of good versus evil kind of thing. Because Billy Mitchell's <laughs> not portrayed in a, a nice way at all. It's because he's an absolute fanny. Yes, yeah. it's, it's See, when you search for Billy Mitchell, the first person you EastEnders. get is the EastEnders yep. character. <laughs> you remember, like, you loved that one. It was the unfamous quotes by famous people, and it was like a picture of Billy Mitchell from EastEnders. Saying so, like, I did it my way, Frank Sinatra. This is a picture of Billy Mitchell, and then my, my colleague who was like, Not no Billy from his standards. It's like, Yeah, of course it is. <laughs> I don't think that's Billy Mitchell, Tommy. <laughs> it was like the other day, but when I put that thing up about Joe Rogan, I was like, This is a satire site. <laughs> And uh, one of our other friends uh, was getting a bit. He's mm, been getting uh, dragged over the coals recently, though. Uh, so, like all, all the people who like him are kind of sensitive to it, you know. Yeah. Uh, Both yeah. Twin Galaxies and Guinness invalidated all of Mitchell's records, but Mitchell successfully appealed to reverse the Guinness removals in June 2020. Twin Galaxies, however, did not reverse the disqualifications, leading Mitchell to file defamation lawsuits against Twin Galaxies and others in 2020. Jesus. So, 
And that was for Pac-Man, wasn't it? Uh, no, it was for That was King a Donkey Kong. Kong. Yeah. Donkey you? Kong, sorry. Donkey Kong. Fair yeah. mm-hmm. Billy Mitchell is the Steven Seagal of video games. Okay, yeah. I right, so I thought he was just this guy that had a score in Donkey Kong, but you seem like you're like, uh, man, this guy's, there's more of this I, guy. Have you, have you never watched The King of Kong? No, I, that's the thing. I've watched that and I'm like, oh, I know that guy is a figure in that documentary and that, but I didn't realise he was still prolific in the computer game uh, world. Well, well I, I, if by prolific you mean like... He, he throws a stink every couple yeah, of months. Yeah, he's a shameless self-promoter and he has a moan quite right. a lot. Right, okay. But he's, he watched his Twitch He basically just uses that. all his public, uh, publicity to try and sell his hot sauce. That's yeah. all he does now. Oh, yeah. He's just a, he's a grifter now. He's like, he's full. Yeah. I mean, yeah, like, is he any worse than, like, an influencer? Uh, well, they, most of them suck, so... Oh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. <sighs> I mean, like, he's annoying for entirely different reasons, though. Because, like, influencers come across as, like, so saccharine and fake, whereas Billy Mitchell is, like, so uncut <laughs> but abrasive. Right. <laughs> uh, he's, he's, like, Billy Mitchell's... <sighs> we Bill... have spent too much time on a movie podcast talking about Billy fucking Mitchell. Billy's Let's just a, move it on, man. I know he is. I know he is. <laughs> okay, we'll, we'll move on for Billy Mitchell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jesus, he's scum. <laughs> That's all you need to know. Okay. It's also litigious, so the thought, the the thoughts and opinions of Paco Rodriguez do not represent Raptors in the Kitchen dot com. Sorry, he's he's scum allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> no, what you should say is, in my opinion. <laughs> hey, but how the fuck did we? Oh, because you're talking about documentaries. documentaries yeah, like non-movie related stuff. Oh. Uh, but you are movies. I, I tried talk, to talk about the movies now. I tried to watch a, a David Attenborough documentary, but couldn't do it because uh, it was one of those ones again where they could have intervened and saved something cute from dying at the hands of a fucking annoying cat, but they didn't. What was the something cute? Like I think it was like I'm sure it was like fucking eight lines, like annoying an elephant or some shit. That's nature. I know it is, nature. man, but I don't no, like. I can accept that that is what nature is. But like I don't want to fucking see it. But there's just something really perverse about the fact that somebody just stood there with a camera watching it happen. Like Neil said, it's nature, mate. Law of the jungle and all that. Plus, it's not like they haven't like literally dug some animals out of things that would have killed them before. Hmm. So yeah, it's not like oh man, they they captured this animal, animal left it there for a while to get it, and then we filmed it. It was more like no, no man, we just captured like over a course of like five days sitting in a bush, we managed to capture this one bit maybe Ladbrokes had given them good odds on the elephant oh, <laughs> oh god <clears throat> so uh, I got I had a, a free trial of the Arrow video app sweet uh, which is a horror thing well no, it's horror not. thrillers there's a bit there's a bit of sci-fi there's a lot of Japanese stuff on there's it, a lot so. of yeah they, they always uh, have good content and I completely forgot about it and then it rolled over. So oh, it's you're like, paying. You're I'm one the, of those. I'm, I'm now paying three pound forty nine a month. You're the the exact demographic they want. Yeah. Like fucking get the trial, forget about it, and be roped into a, a subscription. Well, I could I could cancel it, but oh, I, you could. I you could. Know, but that would require effort. Yeah. And I've also started watching stuff on it. So. Yeah, it's costing Neil less a month than it would for a bus ticket. Yeah. Uh, <coughs> so I've now <coughs> only got one phantasm film to watch. 
having watched two, three, and four recently. Yeah, I remember having two in DVD. It's um, funny, but boy, that guy then creepy. Yeah, I, I, I like those movies. It's, like they're, they're kind of good, kind of niche. Yeah, they, they were they were never top tier like eighties horrors, but they were nice B movies. Yeah, it's the uh, one with the silver ball. Uh, the silver balls, guy, the tall man. I, 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 it took about maybe halfway through the third one for me to realise that they weren't like, I knew they weren't kind of taking themselves 100% seriously mm. but the, the actual vibe that they were going for was very much an Evil Dead Evil mm. Dead 2 vibe mm. you've watched two and a half movies before realising that yeah because the second one this right the second one feels a lot like a, a bit of a rehash of the first one right yeah. so it still does take itself a bit more oh, seriously okay. Whereas the third one just goes kind of all out into kind of more that. Are they, are they like proper sci-fi horror things? Is it like, wh- what is the sphere thing? Uh, well, right. Uh, the tall man is, he was an inventor. Uh, no, sorry. He was a, what do you call him? A funeral director mm. in the Civil War era of America. But he was also an inventor and he created an, a, a dimensional gate which allows him to jump between dimensions. He walks through it as uh, the normal guy comes back, he's the tall one. And he's all kind of goofballed up. Yeah. Um, so he's all <coughs> into a hell dimension. Right. And it just becomes, and it becomes <coughs> a kind of cat and mouse game between him and this kid who then 10 years later in the second film the Gat and Mouse game continues and the third film falls on directly from the second one and the fourth one kind of falls on directly from the third one are they worth watching? I don't think you'll like them to be honest mm. they're, sure. they're, yeah it's they're, you're not a bit massive fan of horror and I think a lot of it would annoy you because you're like why would they do that? why yeah. is he doing that? they're, they're, pretty, they're pretty dumb mm. they're, I, I find them enjoyable enough is, so I'm go- I, I will watch the fifth one is the guy that directed it the same guy that created Chucky has it done something Don Coscarelli yeah yeah. I thought so I was like yeah. no it's just, he did Phantasm but he also did, created Chucky yeah. but yeah like but there, there's no money in them like in oh, the, they're, they're, they're cheap, cheap they're, very, fuck, sorry, they're very very cheap if you, if you like that kind of niche 80s B yeah. movie horror then you'll enjoy it if you in the right frame of mind yeah I mean the fir- by the time the third one ro- rolls around it's the start of the <clears> 90s and the fourth one's a lot more 90s mm-hmm. uh, I'm interested to see how you do the fifth one though because the fifth one I'm sure only came out about maybe six years ago so I expect that it'll, it'll just look like one of these sci-fi horror channels yeah. kind of crap yeah it'll look like it'll look like latter day Hellraiser movie yeah but I'm interested to see where it goes mm-hmm. so I watched them and I watched Wreck which I hadn't um, seen in a long time my, I, I, so I would brilliant. what was oh was that on Arrow Right. I have it on Blu-ray. I can give you it there. Like I could do with watching Wreck again. Yeah, I feel that is still top tier horror. Oh yeah, it's easily the best found footage film. Wreck, mm. Wreck, and Wreck Two. I never yeah. seen the third one, but apparently that third one's not very good. Mm. It kind of, it kind of throws the whole. Is it found footage thing out the window? No, that's the fourth one. Ah, which yeah. I haven't seen. Yeah, that first one though is a fucking great film. Yeah. I remember at the time thinking it was like the best zombie film I'd seen. Well, I mean, I know they're not zombies; it's infected, but I just thought it was, it was fucking really well done. Really well done. Yeah. 
No, that's a very good film. Uh, I also watched all four of the Evangelion rebuild films. Like, I've not watched the third and fourth one yet, so I don't want to hear like literally anything about them just now. Okay. Uh, but do you want to just wait and we'll talk about all four of them another time? Because it's probably just as easy to do that. Yeah, sure. Okay. I, like, I, I always feel really guilty talking about anime though, because like I, I get that like it's such a niche thing that so many people just don't. Maybe that's what's bringing the crowd in. I severely doubt that the the crowd <laughs> are here for the anime chat. Mm. But those a <coughs> uh, that second Evangelion movie done a few things that I was like, okay, all right. Wow. <laughs> the first one was rubbish though. The the first one just rehashes yeah. all that stuff and doesn't do anything really that new. I mean, it looks good. It looks lovely. Mm. But um, see by the time, see when the third one starts and it, yeah, I don't waste it, it. Don't waste it. I I, um, enjoy, I enjoyed those. I certainly enjoyed the last two of them more than I did the first two. Right. Because although it's still technically telling the same story, it does things very differently, uh, and quite satisfyingly in a lot of places. Well, I found them satisfying. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I rewatched Courage Under Fire. Oh yeah, just it, it was on it was on Star, and I was like, yeah, yeah, bit a bit bit of Denzel, and this is an Ed's Wick movie, and I've not seen it in ages. Still good. Yeah. Still a good movie. Probably Meg hey. Brown's best performance. Right, okay. Does, who's the star of that movie? Denzel Washington. Denzel. Why did I remember it being Meg Ryan? Because she's the second star? Yeah, it's like Denzel's investigating uh, a mission that involved the whole idea. She died in it, right? Aye, the whole thing is she's going to be the first uh, woman officer to be given uh, the Medal of Honor. Like the, sorry, the Medal of Merit, whatever it is. And it's like a big thing and they're going to do it because it's uh, she died uh, while in battle and Denzel is a tank commander who recently a mission went a mission went bad and he kind of t- took the blame for it so he starts interviewing folk that survived the mission Meg Ryan was in uh, one of them being Lou Diamond Phillips uh, the other being Matt Damon <coughs> very young Matt Damon as well and like Denzel's like something doesn't add up about this story so it's about him basically getting to the truth because he doesn't want Meg Ryan's kind of uh, memory be tarnished it's almost a bit of a redemption story for him as well <clears throat> but no as I said it's an Ed's Wick movie it's very it's very good uh, I enjoyed a lot of it and then somehow I don't know how I did this I did a Lou Diamond Phillips uh, double bill and I watched Young Guns too uh, for the first time uh, I think as an adult uh, no we watched that in the clues did we yeah. right. it's like it's not a serious western it's, a, it's fun it's just a bit of fun it's yeah, it's it is, but it's like you know, if so you're, it's the better of the young guns films. I agree. Um, but Who else is in that? Uh, Keith Sutherland, <laughs> that's it, that's it, that's it. Which Keith Sutherland's thinking of? But yeah, it's very much you know the, the Brat Pack does a western, yeah. and it's fun. But you know, if you're wanting a kind of like uh, good, the bad, and the ugly, and unforgiving type western, you're not going to get that uh, with Young Guns too. It's just a, it's good fun. So yeah, watch that. Uh, that's it in terms of the films and then as I said I watched Line of Duty and yeah. then, uh, people I've, just do nothing I watched a few more of that Godzilla show a year I box set that I've got including the original Godzilla vs King Kong how's that? it's hilarious 
It's absolutely hilarious. I take it at that point, is, is it all stop motion? Or is it guys in suits? No, it's, it's all guys in suits. It's always right. guys in suits. <laughs> so I watched that and I watched uh, Godzilla vs. Mothra, which is pro- problematic in a lot of ways. The depiction of how... Uh, and it's depiction of kind of indigenous peoples. <laughs> right, for some reason I thought you were going to say something like they sexualised the moth or something. No, no, there's a lot There's a lot of what appeared like blackface going on in it. Oh. When was oh, it made? Dear. Oh, it's the sixties. Oh, no, okay. It's the sixties. <clears throat> um, so, what's them? They're still fun, they're still enjoyable. Um, you can tell... You can tell by the time you've hit Godzilla vs. Mothra that they're maybe get they're getting a wee bit more budget, but they're, they're becoming a bit more. Um, they're losing that kind of serious edge oh. that they had at the start. It's a lot more kind of just fun monster movies now. Like there's in Godzilla vs. Mothra, there's a set of twins who are played by real life. Uh, what do you call them? Uh, idols uh, who are all who are twins in real life uh, who t- who are presented as almost like Tinkerbell style fairies and they speak to Mothra they're like Mothra's proxy okay so you get them and their voice has the way that their voices are uh, there's a special term for it which I'd looked up but I can't remember that it's uh their voices are like one octave higher than each other so it sounds like it's almost the same tone but it's as if it's got re- it's just reverb right. going through it so when they do the re-song it actually sounds really weird and it's quite good okay. so yeah no they're interesting um, I will bring you them down once I get through them yeah you better I shall <laughs> Uh, speaking of like old things that are still fun but problematic I watched Rush Hour again oh okay uh, that film is still really good but that film was also made in like the 90s yeah, mm-hmm. and it, show, it fucking shows mm. Rush Hour 2 doesn't seem to be on Netflix which I find weird that the, the first they, one is and the second one isn't um, I was speaking do, do what really annoys me about Netflix is when you're looking for a film and Netflix knows what the film is looks like and autocorrects uh, it and then doesn't have it uh, <laughs> like you know titles that you may like like it's cause it's got it, it's probably got it somewhere <coughs> in the world it's just you're not allowed to access it oh that's just like that's fucking irritating yeah. <laughs> uh, well, we move on to cinema releases yeah. where do you want to start I still know what hey, well, Shang-Chi is clearly the the biggest movie so leave that to the end mm. okay I have right. I have a slight diversion then before Shang-Chi right. but we'll go with this one Tommy tell me about Candyman Candyman, yeah, um, produced by Jordan Peele, the you know the new face of horror. Let me ask one question then before we go any further. Hmm. Does it get Jordan Peeled? Uh, a bit, but th- this is what I'll say, right? I I'm I'm, I'm really enjoy like Tony Todd's Candyman from the nineties. Uh, I like that and the second one. Uh, third one's okay. <laughs> So I'm interested to see what they're doing with this. I'm like, eh, well, you know, in the trailer it was like, right, they they really have gone a different direction uh, with certain things about it. But yeah, there's a lot of uh, like Jordan Peele elements about it. Um, but yeah, I enjoyed it because it's kind of a it's a sequel slash reboot right. it, because it acknowledges the first movie. It's set where the the first movie was, but they add elements 
into the Candyman uh, mythology. Some of it, you, you can see, like, I remember watching the trailer and thinking, I wonder, is this the kind of route they're going to go? Yeah. And there is splashes of that. But they also add, as I said, more elements to the mythology because it imply, well, it imply there's a lot about it that Daniel Robitaille might not have just been the one Candyman kind of thing. So they add kind of elements in there about that. Daniel Robitaille being Tony Todd's from the 90s. Um, is, is it Tony Todd in this? I can't tell you that. Uh, but yeah, it's um, <clears throat> it's very good, man. There's a lot of it that talks about, you know, like when we say Jordan Peele, there's a lot of like the kind of um, elements of police corruption towards, uh, you know, yeah. the ghetto and like, you know, poor folks specifically, like African-Americans, there is some of that in there. Um, especially towards the end uh, and there's a lot of like issues about like you know impoverished areas and things mm -hmm. like that and who the Candyman is and what he's kind of what he kind of becomes if you know what I mean um, I don't want to say too much because I know you want to watch it uh, I enjoyed I, it I don't mind I'll go and watch it anyway so I, but I, I don't want I don't there, there is there's a lot going on with where I don't want to spoil it right. um, but it's worth a watch if you liked um the original Candyman, I think there'll be a lot. There'll be a, yeah, I think there'll be a lot that you appreciate how they handle the story uh, in this and how they evolve the story. I, again, if you like Jordan Peele's movies, if you like Get Out, um, if you like us for whatever reason, but yeah, if you like Get Out, you'll enjoy this as well. It is very much gets the the Jordan Peele um, treatment. Treatment. Yeah. yeah, it's not him that directs, but I think like he, it wasn't just like oh produced. I think he was there on set, like right. you know. And he does. I think he contributes to the script as well. So, um, what, what was the deal with the Candyman in the original? You say his name five times. Yeah, but like, why does he show up and murder people? Uh, in this, well, you don't. You you only find out snippets of that in the first Candyman movie, but in the second one, Farewell to the Flesh, you find out that Daniel Robitaille was actually a slave, and he had a, a he had an affair with um, his owner's daughter. And um, when they found this out, uh, they ran. They ran him and with pitchforks and fire and they cut his hand off and they put honey all over him so that he was stung to death um, and basically he basically becomes this this myth right. of if you say his name five times he will come and kill for you or try and kill you <clears throat> do you get like, how does that work does it just have to his choice if, if he kills well, you or kills for you well in the in the original Candyman movie yeah, the original is just it's you get killed you not there is, but there's times when like, like Virginia Manson's in the original, and she nobody believes her, and she's like implicated in a lot of the murders, but the Candyman will do certain things where he won't murder her, but he will murder someone close to her. All right, so he's not killing people for her; he's like killing people around her. Yeah, yeah, the, but the, it's all. But it's kind of the people that he kills around her. They're not generally kind of a protection thing. Um, I can't remember how that film ends. It, my memory of that film ending is that she's actually the Candyman. Um, yes, something like that. Yeah. Um, and again, they acknowledge that a wee bit in the. the yeah. well, sorry, they acknowledge her character. Her character is called Helen Lyle, right. and they acknowledge what happened to her. But they also there's a myth about what she did, right. and she is directly related to specific ah. plot elements in this reboot. Is but, it, yeah. Sorry, can I parse this out live on air? But is the whole thing about that first film, is it not, is the kind of subplot of that, not subplot, that's not 
the one I'm looking for. The kind of meta of that film, it's about how getting too deep into like urban legend and uh, conspiracies and things like that is actually dangerous to you as a person. And that's how by the end of it, it actually turns out that she's just got you too deep into this, like the study of the Candyman. Like it's, it's, it's been a long time since I've yeah. seen it and it is on Netflix and I didn't, I did intend on watching it. But I think so. And that is also uh, in this one as well. Right, okay. That's what I'm saying. It's, it feels like a very faithful handling of this in yeah. a in a in a era where folk are sick of remakes and reboots. It does enough to be different. But yeah, it's... It, it, it it evolves it. Right. So is okay. it like is it proper serious horror rather than like it's not like a comedy horror like Nightmare nah. on Elm Street effort? No, 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 no. It's um, it's yeah, it's like a drama. You know, I mean, it is serious horror and stuff like that. But uh, there's like bits in it that are kind of funny, but it's not a comedy. You know what I mean? Yeah. You have weak comedic breaks in it, but. Yeah, the magi- it is a it's a drama, it's a horror drama or thriller, should I say? Was the, was the first Nightmare on Elm Street intended to be funny? No, no. it's just not. It's just it's just aged poorly. Well, again, it depends on how you look at. It. I still look at the Nightmare on Elm. I know, like Nightmare on Elm Street, the series can be very goofy, and Freddy Krueger kind of became this kind of comedy character in the first Nightmare on Elm Street. I know there's bits, I don't know what bits you're talking about specifically that look ridiculous. With the giant arms? Yeah, no. but, and that's not age well, but there's bits in it that are great. Like when I guess, like, Freddy no, Freddy also, take it, okay, that's a dream sequence. Yeah, but so it still it could, just it looks could daft. But there's a bit in Nightmare Night, I think it's the first one, where there's a guy in jail and his pals are outside and they watch Kruger go into the jail and hang him. Oh. And I'm oh. like, that's fucking horrible. And but I do remember as well the bit where, like, she falls asleep and like a her boyfriend's in the room with her and like you see her kind of getting like propelled up towards the ceiling yeah. and all the slash marks just start mm. appearing that is cool yeah there's a lot about it it's cool there's a <clears> bit, <throat> there are bits in the Nightmare on Elm Street where like I mean Heather Langenkamp at one point when she at the end when she home alone's the house at one point Freddy Krueger's lying on top of her, her mum and her mum kind of just disappears through the mattress and her wee skeleton kind of does that yeah. waves and you're like huh but yeah but yeah, I mean, <clears throat> yeah, Candyman's not like that. It's it it's treats it with respect, and it's uh, as I said, it explores a lot of like elements and themes about it. But it's definitely worth a watch. Uh, I I was I don't want to say pleasantly surprised because I thought the trailer was good, but I thought the film uh, sometimes it doesn't hit the mark. But mo- overall, I I was happy with. <clears throat> Fair news. Yeah. What else did you see? Uh, we went and watched uh, Rebecca Hall chase her shadow for an hour and a half. Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> safe house, so yeah, not safe like house. Sorry, the uh, night house. house. Safe house I think like we movie. we all kind of had similar opinions on this once we left as well. I, like, I find it quite funny that in the space of going to see the night house, then seeing Chanchi, and then going to see Snake Eyes, that we we had very weirdly watched three films. Which were about people dealing dealing with trauma. Yeah, <laughs> like the, like I remember thinking that like, we watched Night House first, and then we watched Shang Chi after that, like a yeah. day or two after it. And I remember thinking at the start of Shang Chi, there was a few po- points in it where it was really similar. Yeah, there's a lot of really uh, similar themes, like, especially stuff with like the the Mandarin, where he like spoilers for Shang Chi, I guess. No, actually, I'm not going to say it. Never mind. But he just said that it's a Mandarin. The- I will probably spoil stuff. I'm not. Uh, no, like it. I didn't think that was a secret. Like it's all over the trailers and stuff. That it's the man in it. Mm. Oh man, Guy Pierce is in it. Well, 
<laughs> okay, well, uh, that's a good scene though when he talks about that Guy yeah. Pierce part. Uh, but yeah, like there, there's a bit early on in the movie where uh, some of his motivations are shown, and it's very similar to things that happen in Nighthouse. Yeah, uh, where it was like I don't know if it's because we just watched it like so recently, but like it definitely no, the, the, the no, parallels are there for me. Similar themes, but look we'll yeah. at so like Nighthouse like, again as Tommy's kind of mentioned a couple of times and we said in the past like I'm not a, a huge fan of horror and I, I didn't know anything about this beforehand like I just got asked if I wanted to go out so like I went because it wasn't going to cost us anything and I had nothing to do and like I, I think as far as horror film recent horror films go that first half of that film is like one of the best horror films like I've seen just like it feels really well made it feels really well written the characters are all like really well developed like everything seems sensible like nothing happens in it we're just sitting going like, what the fuck what the fuck at any point uh, they they do like a lot of groundwork to make everything have like plausible like amb- ambiguity rather than just like things that are like forced into the script uh, to stop the neckbeards going well actually yeah. You know, there, there was just a lot of good stuff. Like, I, I really liked the main character. Like, I'd never seen her in anything else, as far as I'm aware. Was she in that? Who is she? She's Christian Bale's wife. What's, like, what's the actual actress's name? Rebecca Hall. Rebecca Hall. Yeah, I, I, no, I, I didn't recognise her at all. She was great, though. Really good. I mean, when like, when was The Prestige? Was that, like, 20 years ago? 2007. Ah, that was a fucking long time ago, man. I'm going to remember somebody from that. Like, that I've never seen since. What's she been in since? I'm sure she has been in plenty of things since. She was in that film about an Australian TV journalist who killed herself live on air. Oh yeah. I can't remember the name of it though. Was she in Vicky Cristina Barcelona? All these things you're talking about are things oh, I haven't seen by the way. No, but she that, was... was that Scarlett Johansson? No, but there's Scarjo and somebody else. Uh, I want to say... Wait, is it Is that the Woody Cruz? Allen movie? I want to say it's Penelope Cruz. But there's, I'm sure there's a third lassie in there. I don't know. I seen it. Yeah, Regardless, Rebecca Hall was really good in this one. I thought she does like a really good job of not being like particularly nice, but still being really relatable. I... Do you want to take the plot, Tommy? Well, all right. Well, basically, what it is is Rebecca Hall. Just, just a brief. Yeah, Rebecca Hall's uh, is mourning her the recent death of her husband. Uh, her husband uh, commits suicide, and she is at their house, which is by the lake, uh, where the the it happened. And Rebecca Hall um, is obviously going through a really hard time. Um, she's drinking a lot. She's not really seeing folk, and then when she is seeing folk, she's all she can talk about is what's what's happened. But then she starts. Things start happening in the house. No, I think it's more like before things start happening in the house, really, she starts to find that her, her recently deceased husband might have had like a few secrets. Yes. And uh, she doesn't really know what form they're going to take. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that and that's it. And that's basically um, her journey through this grieving process. See, I, I found Rebecca Hall to be very good in this. Because, and also, the way that the film is made that it gives you that sense of well here's plausible deniability for it being a ghost Mm -hmm. is that for the whole time that film Rebecca Hall was shit faced or at least he's playing shit faced and there's that whole kind of dream element to it as well yeah so and they do all the ghost stuff the way they do the ghost stuff it's something will happen and then she'll wake up but she's woken up 
in our clothes in a different part of the house mm. having lay on the floor so it could be that you've just passed out mm-hmm. in there you've had a dream but she's all she also plays it as the most passive aggressive yeah she just she just can't be bothered with anybody's shit yeah. anything and it's great she's fantastic in it uh, but like you said it, the it first beca- half it, of that film is really it becomes a really generic yeah, ghost it's, story it's like, towards um, the end there's a really good indie comedy drama in that film about a woman dealing with the death of her husband uh, but when the ghost stuff then happens and by the time the second half kind of kicks off it all just kind of becomes really convoluted and I mean like it's one of those things where you can tell that the the whole movie is supposed to be like a big allegory for mental illness like depression yeah, it's and to do all with that deal, stuff it's to do with dealing but, with loss but by the end of the movie, it kind of gets a wee bit too ham-fisted with that. Yeah. Uh, in, in ways where it's like kind of eye-rolling. Yeah, uh, and, it, and it has a couple of threads where it could have really have done with maybe sewing them up a bit better. Yeah. Giving them yeah. a bit more closure to certain aspects. Mm. Instead, it, it does kind of try and maintain that level of ambiguity of uh, by the end of was it all real, was it all just a dream, was it yeah. just her going a bit insane yeah. but it's it's good to watch like a horror movie that doesn't even have one annoying character in it for a start it never has like any moment where you think someone's doing something amazingly stupid yeah. like not once uh, yeah like it, it, it doesn't it doesn't do like anything particularly new like it, it does follow like a lot of the yeah, it's kind tro- of it's standard really standard tropes yeah. uh, or they have to like research like a into the occult in some way and the, the thing is like very reminiscent of like the conjuring or what the fuck is the the one with the guy from Watchmen in it? Insidious. Insidious. That's why he's also in the Conjuring as well. It's a bad yeah. choice of actor. Uh, but yeah, like Patrick you know, kind of it feels like that sort of thing. It's like just this kind of a malicious spirit that's kind of stalking her, kind of thing. Yeah. And a it doesn't do anything new, but it, like similar to the Conjuring, it just does it well. Yeah. At the start, like by the end of the thing, it was just it's so. And then, and then you so get the, the husband's big secret, and it's like, hmm, yeah, let's mm-hmm. um, could probably have done with exploring that a wee bit more. Yeah, I would agree with that. You just don't get anything from it. Yeah, like I don't like that. <clears throat> like I don't feel like I need to watch that film again, and I, no. it's not particularly left any kind of imprint on me. I'm just like, yeah, if you want to pass like an hour and a half, two hours, whatever it is. There's there are worse ways to spend your time. Yeah, like, I, I I was intrigued by the trailer of it. I like Rebecca Hall. She's in Vicky Christina Barcelona, by the way. I enjoy it. Mm-hmm. I also think like it it does a really good job of like setting the tension up and stuff at the start as well. Like I genuinely was quite unnerved <coughs> at the start, though. Mm-hmm. I mean that that may just be because I'm a shitbag. So who knows? <laughs> no, no, the tone of it's pretty decent. Hmm. No, it doesn't have a decent tone. Uh, Hold on, like I'm sorry, man. Like I'm a bit tired, and like when this happens, like my memory goes out the fucking window. Snake eyes, snake eyes, snake eyes, man. That film. Snake eyes. So like I, I ruined the plot for Tommy, like uh, just to kind of let him know what it was. It's not really a ruining of a plot. No, it's my my life has not been changed by. I think I I don't think we should go all out on this just in case somebody does want to see it because like there's not really many action films. It's been been out for like three weeks. Three weeks is still quite recent, man. It's also a GI Joe film. Yep. It's a GI Joe film. That is true, very true. Was the uh, 
Black Widow you would order off of Wish.com was she in the previous G.I. Joe movie? <laughs> what, the, the Poundland Margot Robbie? I believe her name was Scarlet in the, the movie. Samara, oh Weaving, Samara Weaving plays the no, Poundland. Uh, as soon as you said Poundland Margot Robbie, I know who that is. Yeah. Was, um, she, was she in the last G.I. Joe movie? No, she wasn't. No. No? Um, fun, weirdly enough, like, I, I just assumed that film was going to be uh, Snake Eyes learning to be a ninja. But that film is a lot more of a G.I. Joe film than you kind of get from that trailer. Yeah. Um, like, Paco did tell me quite a bit about it. I was like, fuck, it's quite wild. Beforehand, when, they, when we were having lunch, we were saying, though, it's like, the the worst this movie could be is just, like, excessively boring if it takes itself too seriously mm. and, like, doesn't deliver on action sequences. And I think, like, it did take itself too seriously. I, I agree, it took itself too <clears> seriously, <throat> but it was it was wild in terms of plot. Yeah, but I feel like the whole thing overall was, like, a total zero-sum, like, outcome. It was, like, at no point did I think it was great. At no point did I think it was bad. I was just completely unmoved yeah. for pretty much the entire run time. I think... Right, okay, so the plot, plot of G.I. Is it G.I. Joe Origins Sneak Eyes? It is, it is. Which uh, would imply that they're going to do like a whole like slate of these I, for I, all the other Joes. I don't think they will do a slate of Origins. This felt to me that this was a, a soft reboot into a new, we'll just do a G.I. Joe movie after right. this. Um, right, the plot is the uh, child Snake Eyes witnesses his father being murdered, decides he wants revenge. He, he joins the Yakuza because a guy promises him to be able to find his dad and then he gets involved in a plot between the Yakuza and a Japanese family. Yeah. That's essentially it. That's pretty much it. And then it's all about... Essentially, like, the, the whole movie is, like, about trying to save his soul. Yeah, you know? it's, it's, like, it's, it's a, a really like, what he think. Uh, he's kind of playing both sides against each other. Or you don't really know who he's kind of rooting for nah. at all. And, uh, Baroness <clears> turns up, who... I can't remember the actress's name, but she was great. Great in that she was rubbish, but she Great was really hamming it up. Yeah, and she was really hammy. Uh, so she comes up again. She was very much like a oh, what's the what's her name? See, I thought it was Sophia Botella at first. Was it like the Dreyfus that's in the Marvel TV Julie shows? Julie Dreyfus. Yeah, yeah, again, she was like a cheap version of her in um, that movie. She was a bit more kind of sassy. Bit, she was a bit more sassy and weird. Uh, so she turns up because Stor- <laughs> Storm Tommy Ch- Tommy that's right Tommy they call him that the whole way through uh, his clan has a MacGuffin a uh, really fucking dumb MacGuffin yeah that uh, they want Snake Eyes to steal uh, and so that <clears throat> Cobra can take over the world and the Yakuza can destroy Tommy's clan and it goes on from there and then suddenly there's like Wizards and gigantic snakes. And gigantic. Right. I'm going to spoil a bit. I mean, we, I, I guess we kind of did it there. We were just saying about the gigantic snakes. Right, I know, but I'm going to spoil the whole bit because it's really it's annoyed me ever since I've watched it. Right, okay. Right. Spoilers for G.I. Joe if you care. Right, so we've, before you get that bit, we've ascertained that Cobra are a thing and that they are the bad guys. However, the third and final test that Snake Eyes has to pass so he can join this clan of uh, join Tommy's clan pure hearted Japanese guys yeah that he, just, <clears throat> he goes down into this pit very reminiscent of the one in Conan the Barbarian 
and these three CGI giant snakes silently judge him. Right. He, f- he fails because mm-hmm. he's a bad guy at heart. Mm-hmm. But uh, at that point, at that point, <clears throat> why are they using snakes to judge cunts? Surely that's a cobra thing. But but that's the thing though. The snakes weren't. Are they cobras? No, no. they're anacondas. They're anacondas. Or so they say. But I mean, yeah, they just look like snakes. Uh, but no, but the symbolism of that is weird. I, I get the impression that that might have like a deeper root in Japanese culture. Right. Uh, but as much as I'm saying that, I also did take a look at both the writers and directors' credits, and there were no. That's all whiteies, mm. <laughs> like all the way through. So who knows? Hey. <laughs> so yeah, that that but, kind of, that bumped me. Uh, but then also the fucking. Hadoken stuff. Aye, the the whole movie's dumb, but not in like a, a, enough of a way to make it like really fun. Yeah. Like it's not worth watching dumb. It's just kind of dumb. Yeah. But I'll but give it's it, not. I'll, it's I'll, not terrible. I'll give it its due that there's some scenes which I think looked quite good Aye. and had the very kind of nineties kind of Hong Kong. Well, you I you said that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but even but like yeah. the, the action sequences, which is the, I guess like the main draw for this though, mm-hmm. right? But you don't go to a, a G.I. Joe movie for plot and character acting. Like you I go, I've read a lot of G.I. Joe comics, you would go, go for the plot. Mate. You would go for, I would go for action. Like all this kind of stuff was like done with like low light, like camera shaking, like more edits than it needs. Yeah, it, and was, it, it was like watching modern WWE. Uh, it was done. It was done in a way where it was all trying to disguise the fact that no one could actually fight. Yeah. Like at no point did it feel like any of it was impressive. Yeah, it's like they've, they've got Aiko a race there, and he's about to kick, yeah. kick fuck out of loads of guys. And the minute that he just leans in for his first kind of move, it cut Cuts. away uh, and then comes back to him after he's battered everybody. Like, even even then, when you actually see him fighting, like all he does is like rapidly punch somebody in the chest about yeah. fifty times in two seconds, which is impressive, but it's like. It's, I don't know. It, it was just lacking. It just, yeah, it just it wasn't very good. Um, the guy that directed GI Joe, um, sorry, Snake Eyes GI Joe, Orton, read R.I.P.D. the Divergent series, the Time Traveler's know. Wife flight plan. Is it the new Time Traveler's Wife or the old one? Uh, it's a very bad one. Two thousand nine. Yeah, that is a yeah. terrible film. Uh, but yeah, so that, that like when I seen this credit, I'm like, oh, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Again, like this, this like, I've got similar criticisms between this and Shang-Chi as well where like not to fucking this is Paco's woke minute I guess but like the, one of the kind of things that hamstrung this and like the main thing that I think held Shang-Chi back was that like it very much feels like an Asian cultural movie that's just been forced into like a traditional Hollywood framework and it kind of is a bit jarring for it. Are you basing that on how the original Snake Eyes is actually a white guy? Is it? I don't know. Yeah, that. and the whole part, point of the Snake Eyes versus Storm Shadow thing is is very similar to the plot of Bloodsport. I have no idea about any of that. I'm, I'm just kind of based on the fact that like all the visuals in this and a lot of the cast are Asian and it's set in Japan and all that stuff. Yeah. But like, it feels like it is made by white people for yeah. white people. Yeah. In like a largely white like storyline, mm-hmm. uh, which again, not saying that's like I, I just felt 
kind of cheap because of it and like I, I'd level that like not to get too far ahead of it but I think like Shang-Chi has the same problem where like it just like it, it feels Shang-Chi feels like it's got like so much Chinese culture crammed into it but then it's been forced to have that same cookie cutter Marvel story just stamped so it's like all the all the kind of creativity that would have been there for it just feels like it's like completely suppressed under your kind of general Marvel blandness. But you said to me that I, Shang-Chi was one of the better ones. It is? Yeah, I kind of disagree with you on the Shang-Chi element of that. Do you, you don't feel like it's just kind of really shoehorned into like no, such a because, kind of... because... My issues with Shang-Chi kind of revolve again around my issues with Chinese and martial arts cinema. Which is what? In terms of Right, okay. Uh, the way that Shang-Chi is set up, I find that Shang-Chi is a great representation of what you would consider the kind of main genres of Chinese action cinema. Like, in terms of like your, the way you're, you start off with your very kind of, your wushu, very classical Chinese. Then it goes to the, you get your very modern kind of style of Chinese action film. Um, I would say like your bus fight is very reminiscent of of what you get modern wise. The fight on the outside of the building I felt had a very kind of nineties China Chinese cinema. But see by the time you get to I mean like really try and kinda of rein the spoilers in with this one man, like by the time you get to like the the kind of final third of it, you're looking at your your kind of the Chinese make a lot of fantasy epics. Yeah. Uh, and that's my issue comes into where as a genre I don't particularly enjoy yeah. those it's so just, that's where it felt kind of off to me you're talking about like hero and that kind of movies no, no more kind of more fantastical like yes martial arts movies but bringing in the elements like demons and dragons oh right right okay that is there <clears throat> definitely but like honestly like throughout the entire thing it just felt to me like it really lacked authenticity, and I re- I recognise that's like quite a wanky statement to yeah, make. That's a really wanky but like, it, it, yeah. I I thought it kind of almost every fucking scene kind of shone through with that. Like, just feeling a just something felt a bit off. I what you said is right. Like, it's definitely like reminiscent of a lot of other, other things. And also, I still do think as well, Tommy, that also, it is one of the better Marvel yeah. movies. But that's because like. As much as I do enjoy a lot of Marvel films, most of them are so fucking mediocre, it's unreal. But also, look at the market that it's for. It's for a global audience. Yeah. It's not for a... It's not but, I mean, specifically it's... Chinese made for a Chinese market. True. So you have to make kind of... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Compromises? Yeah, you have to make compromises. Look, no, I, I get that. And look, I do think that the film is good it's enjoyable like I think that the first two major set pieces are really well done like that bus sequence that's oh, in all the trailers great, yeah. and the outside of the building on the scaffolding sequence I thought was really fucking good as well I also really loved the the opening one in the jungle why can't I remember that it's the very first meets his right yeah yeah yeah. Like that cr- was, the, yeah the, the crouching good. tiger one you would see yeah it was, yeah, it was very very much like one yeah. of those uh, one of those movies I uh, the, mo- the movie overall I think is like it is really good it, I just think it's like weighed down by being like 
really unadventurous when it comes to the the plot. Like I think it's just such a a standard plot at this point. A like I know you're you're right that it gets quite fantastical towards the end, but it does it in just the same way that most Marvel movies do, where it's just a fucking well, CGI. That's the thing. That's, that's the bit. The last part of that film is where I started to not enjoy it. Yeah, because of that. I think all the I characters. Think, I, think, I think there's a really good there's a really good family drama in that film. Huh. Do we have anything more to say about Snake Eyes? By the way, just because nah, nah, you have it's, totally it's cash, Don't bother me. I think all the characters in Shang-Chi are really good. I think the actors are excellent. I think the fight sequences at the start when they actually try and do martial arts is really good. Mm. I think also that's one of its weaknesses towards the end though is that they just don't really do yeah. fights and stuff towards the end. But like at the same time, one of the big complaints about Marvel movies is that they always just end by a big fight. Mm. Uh, it's good. It, it's, it's enjoyable. Yeah. Definitely worth watching. Definitely one of the better Marvel films. I think it's got a lot of problems. I think it could have been a lot better. Is there anything at the end? Yes. Yes. It's two things. Okay. There is a cameo in it. Well, could you quote? No. There's there's, there's ca- somebody there's two cameo. There is somebody it. in it who should have just been a cameo and overstayed the welcome. Amazing. Right, okay, so, yeah. Uh, in a way that I said to Neil as well that I'm kind of worried that this person is now just going to appear. I, I don't. I don't think you will see. You will see. I don't, that him know, again. I, don't I don't I don't see unless when, whenever they need cheap comedy relief I think you'll you'll maybe get him in the next Shang-Chi one which there is uh, the end of it say there will be another one of course there will be well, it says uh, the Ten Rings will be back it doesn't say Shang-Chi well, Shang-Chi has the owner of the Ten Rings no he's not <laughs> alright okay we're talking about two different things yes we are Yes. Okay. Well, that doesn't surprise. Like, I was like, yeah, this is going to make money, so there probably will be another yeah. one. Is it not like? Is, so, it, the, is it the biggest opening? Uh, one. Yeah. So, I think my theory of it is that he will not come back into real world. He will stay in that side of things. So we won't. You'll only ever see him if Shang Chi goes back to that. I think that he is such an easy thing to just interject randomly anywhere that that's exactly what's going to happen. They're just going to use it any time that needs like some fucking cheap comedy relief. You're going to see twenty pounds says he doesn't appear any more than three times. In what time frame? <laughs> and by the end of this phase. No, because that, okay, that's by still... the, okay, by the end of the next phase then. So how how long is that? How how many movies is that? It's at least probably the next four years. I think I've guessed who you're talking about. <laughs> who do you think we're talking about? I don't want to say in case I'm right and it's supposed to be... Is he not all over the trailer? Is he? I, I don't recall. I didn't. I didn't expect to see him. Well, one, we know it's a guy. Uh, <laughs> I didn't see any familiar faces uh, in this trailer. <coughs> okay, fair enough. Okay. If it was just like a one and done cameo, it would have been a really well done one and done cameo for his introductory sequence. Keeping him around was such a big mistake. Yeah, he should never have become part of the adventure. Like, I understand why they kept him in, but he should not have become part of the adventure. I don't know if I've got too much more to say about Shang-Chi either. I thought it was really enjoyable. I thought yeah, it's, it's, it's enjoy. I think you've not seen it, haven't you? No. no, no. It's enjoyable. It's a solid Marvel B picture. Yeah, I disagree that it's one of the better ones, but it's still. I think it's like 
top third uh, all things, but that's only because I think most of them are just alright and some of them are outright really bad. Uh, I'm just oh, th- oh, Kofina is good. Simulao is good. It's always nice to see Tony Leong uh, on screen, which my kind of segue was that I've been watching the Wong Kar Wai box set. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I watched In the Mood for Love again, which is one of my favourite films of all time. So I've seen that. And it was, it's been a long time since I've seen it, and it was glorious. Mm. Fantastic film. Yeah, I was meant to watch it, just never seen it. I'd give you a down, Tommy, but you, you'll not put it in a machine to watch it. No, I'll, I'll find that in my own way. <laughs> Illegal is what that yeah, says to yeah. me. Yeah. So what's coming out in the next couple of weeks? Um, I don't know, I still don't know what. Shall I? Well, we know The Matrix is out on Christmas Eve. Oh, well, that's Christmas, <laughs> Christmas Eve, that's right. Well, oh, sorry, I think it's the 22nd, 22nd. of December. Sorry, beg your pardon. Um, when is June? I think Bond is this month. June, June, September, no October. June. When is it? I think it's October or November. I'm not sure. It's it's doing the festival rounds just now. That's that's why everyone's talking about it. Oh, okay, right. Here we go. You have oh the first on the list of the big big releases this week. Big Paisley. Jerry. Oh, right. oh, oh that cop, cop shop. shop. That cop looks shop. all right. I'll uh, watch it. I'll, I'll watch it. I'll I don't watch expect it. Yeah, I'll, pr- I'll probably kind of enjoy it. You have the Aretha Franklin biopic Respect. Uh, I'll watch which that. I've heard is not been not that good. I'm gonna I'm looking at who made it. Probably avoid that just because I'm not really into biopics. Uh, it was made by Liesel Tommy. Okay, I'll, I'll see who that person uh, is. I have no idea. I've heard it's just that it's just quite flat. There's no really much punch to it. Mm. Uh, you have James Wan's Return to Horror with Malignant. Looks alright. Wait, hold Looks on. Right. Imaginary friend. It's imaginary right, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, you have uh, a film called Herself with Claire Dunn. Hmm. I feel like I've seen the trailer for that as well. But Sandra on the surf of it, surface of it is a young mum struggling to provide her two young daughters with a warm, safe, happy home to grow up in. Beneath the surface, Sandra is a steely determination to change their lives for the better. Oh, but the council's having money. Right, it's that kind of film. <laughs> I probably will not watch that. Uh, is the Crudes 2 new? No. That's been out for fucking ages. Uh, Cine World has Annette on. That's not been on this week, has it? Uh, I, uh, I, I watched a trailer for that, and although I like Adam Driver and I like Marion Cotard, not enjoyed any of Leo Carrick's movies so far, so I'm probably going to give that a miss. I think I want to say it's this month as well, but I think Adam McKay's new film's out. It's got Leo, DiCaprio, Jennifer Lawrence, and a bunch of folk in it. Oh, is that Up in the Air or something? I can't even. Up in the Sky. I've seen the the trailer advertised, but I've not actually watched it yet, but it's I think it's a Netflix movie, so, because it did say available for streaming and selected theatres, but I just remember seeing the cast and uh, I like Adam McKay's work uh, his comedy work and his serious work has been great uh, yeah well, I enjoy Vice I thought that was really good mm, yeah. Vice is good um, uh, don't the, look, the, the big short's good as well uh, Don't Look Up that's it yeah. oh he did Step Brothers didn't he do you remember Mickey Bobby and Anchorman <laughs> like, and all of that yeah. was that with both of you who went to see Vice or was it just you Tommy I, I saw it with my mother did I, I think somebody else 
I think you and I seen I. Like, uh, do you remember? Like, I didn't know what it was about going in, and for some reason thought it was about drugs. Oh, yeah, <laughs> like, fucking. <laughs> so yeah, that's your your whack for your mainstream cinema. I'm probably going to try and watch uh, Battle Royale and stuff like that over the course of the next week, so I can give the Blu-rays I've had for absolutely ages back to the guy at work who loaned me them. I assume you've seen that before. Yeah, well, I've seen the first one before. I've not seen any of the sequels. Second one's not very good. Uh, and yeah, that's it. That is all we've got. Uh, so June is October. Yeah, I think so. It's like October. Bond October is month. this month. Bond's the end of this month, I'm sure. Matrix is December. Mm-hmm. Is there any other big ones coming out? Oh, there will be. They'll probably Spider Man. Mm, I can't remember. What the is Eternals. Ah, uh, the Eternals is out in October. I think. I thought that looked just. Pfft. I don't know. I'm interested to see it. Because I I like the the Marvel cosmic stuff and the Celestials have always been something which I've quite liked in the comics. So I'm interested to see okay. where they go with that. And also, Zhao is a director. Like you watched Nomadland, didn't you? Oh yeah, uh, that's another thing I watched. Oh, that that was crazy. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. What? Well, I wasn't that into Nomadland. Yeah, man. I like don't. It was one of the one of best picture. No, I agree with that. Um, I actually thought like, I remember when I seen the trailer. I thought you would like it, Paco. I thought it'd be, Nomadland. Yeah, it's yeah. on. It's on um, Disney Plus. Yeah. Also, like, Jason, don't at me. Uh, yeah, Fra- Francis McDormand was really good in it as always. Uh, so was David Strathern. But and uh, yeah, it, the it looks nice. There's some yeah, nice locations. Yeah, it looks really nice. But yeah. watching it, I was just like, I'm a wee bit bored. Yeah. I was like, nothing's yeah. really happened here. She has a couple of interactions where there's a conflict and in interest with families and things like that. And you can see that she's obviously still kind of grieving because of what happened to her husband. But watching it, I was just like, yeah, there's a lot of really nice cinematography in here and there's a lot of really nice locations. What is it? Is it nothing's a, happened. What's it actually about? Is it about her doing... Fra- Frances McDormand is basically... She lives in her van and she's wanting to go to this place where like other nomads, other nomads are, and she kind of talks with folk and makes new friends, and then she also has like conflicts with her family and all that. It has a has a very documentary <clears throat> feel to it, yeah, as well. But I, which I think I'm kind of like you though, man. I was like, this should have won Best Picture. Yeah. Uh, she, but again, Francis McDormand's always good. I just no. thought that it was very flat. Yeah. For the for what. The selection was that year. There was better. There were better movies. Mm. Uh, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, I think, is still fantastic. That should have won it. I think Bozeman should have won uh, actor as well for that one. The one about Billy Holiday was excellent. Um, that should, and I think um, I guess it's a singer that played her, but she should have got best actress. Um, but yeah, no, like I was just kind of me. Yeah, that was everything. I, I, mean, I was like, there's something I watched in there. So yeah, I'm kind of back to the terminals. Yeah, I'm. I'm kind of. I'm not excited, but I'm interested to see what how that film looks more than the plot. Mm-hmm. Else. I, think it look, it, I think it'll it, be a great looking film. I just think it'll be a bit warm. It's got. I think it's like all the ones that kind of have been revealed for coming up from the next kind of couple of phases of Marvel stuff. 
it's the one that looks like it's got the biggest potential to be crap. Mm. Uh, <laughs> but like it may it may be good. You oh, never yeah, know. Man. I think like it suffers like even indirectly from the fact that like it sounds so similar in concept and even the name to Stargate. the no what the fuck <laughs> is like the TV show that was super Ancient balls aliens. the ones where they all live in the fucking moon the, <sighs> the guy the guy that was like the bastard of Bolton was in it oh uh, the humans in humans in humans yeah. it seems so similar to that and that was terrible I never watched that <clears throat> you're a better person for it man it was, it was crap I know <laughs> I mean like I watched five seasons of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah, that's because you're a moron and yet I only managed half an episode of Inhumans and that tells they're, you they're not even canon anymore that tells you just how bad Inhumans was <laughs> but the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. it was just and I imagine it's just, like, it's just so easy to watch it but I don't know how you got as far as you did no genuinely yeah, parts of it were really like, fucking hell for a, for a good <laughs> two seasons in the middle there it got properly fucking decent TV I think I, I watched two seasons of it and it did start to get better uh, but I couldn't bring myself to watch anymore yeah, the only time I'd heard it was good was when it's taking place while Winter when S.H.I.E.L.D. is getting fucked over and like the Winter Soldier kind of period uh, that, that's, was, that's that was kind of the end it, of season two, two. It, it becomes a bit like 24 uh, during a couple of seasons but then it like kind of <clears throat> just aye just becomes a trait and then they bring back Agent Coulson from the dead every season. Like I think they're on like their fucking six Agent Coulson at this point. Just let them fucking die. <laughs> Is it Cree blood? What that was the original one, uh, and then he was like an Agent Coulson from a previous all dimension was another one, and then he was like an android that got like remade by another like spacefaring species of androids fuck off and they, exactly man it's like just fucking you've you've done this dramatic build up oh my god we killed off Coulson thing four fucking times just let him die in this day and age you expect better that's a total 90s TV show you're describing there it's like mate we can't kill him we gotta make it look but he's like the star so we gotta bring him back that was that's 90s efforts 101 he wasn't, he wasn't even really the star though the well, he was the most kind of he was the face though that he, you recognise from the yeah. Marvel universe. He he was the Ted. Well, he wasn't really the Ted dancing. He would probably be more. He'd probably be more the coach. Remember oh, when right, coach right. was on Cheers. Yeah. Right. The the lassie that plays a Quake in it was the the star of that show. Yeah. That's the, the the TV show is about her pretty mm. much. Mm. She's good as well, though. To be fair, like consistently all the way through. it Okay, she's really good. She won't get to play that character in the film. Do you think they'll try and bring her character in the film? Mm, I don't think so. Well, I don't. Well, actually, I don't know because they're doing they, sec- they're doing Secret Warriors, are they not? What Secret Warriors? Which is a storyline which involves her quite a lot. Right. I, I'm kind of hopeful that from from what I've heard of the recent Spider-Man stuff, there's quite a big chance that a uh, Kingpin and Daredevil from the Disney stuff that continually gets debunked is it? yeah right I kind of hope that is I hope they do get it though because they're both perfect oh, yeah, for those roles but like, if they do get it then it kind of sets the precedent for people who have been in other stuff that isn't part of the actual main yeah. Marvel thing get to you know so like even though Agents of Shields is like hokey as fuck 
she's really good and like if she came into the main thing as that character I'd be fine with that but I, like, I mean I never knew who Quake was before mm. uh, that show so maybe read a comic once in a while uh, I mean I bought that Batman uh, what was it called Dark Detective it was alright mm. but I've really gone off Batman lately <clears throat> but I was reading I've been reading Batman and Robin the Grant Morrison run uh, and it's fine but Grant Morrison has a lot to answer for in terms of modern interpretations of Batman mm. just uh, <clears throat> like Batman used to be like he was always the world's greatest detective mm-hmm. and a lot of the older stuff uh, before Morrison got his hands on it there was a lot of kind of detective stuff in it and to be fair Morrison does some but it becomes so much bigger it become he becomes what has been dubbed Bat God where he's got an answer for everything he's better than everybody he's basically just Sherlock Holmes with a hat yeah with a hood with a hood a cow um, and he, he just becomes totally OP but did Grant Morrison not write The Long Halloween? no in Dark Victory? no, no who was that? it was Tim Sale and Jeff Loeb that's it Jeff Loeb that's what I was thinking of uh, <sighs> I, I like Morrison's run but it's everything that comes after it because they've got to build on that he started to see a decline and out of all the, the reboots of the new 52 uh, Batman was the one which kind of benefited because it kind of went back to square one the core of all stuff was yeah good. well the Snyder's run that I really like mm-hmm. but there hasn't really been that great any great runs after it like Tom King's is fine mm. uh, but I just find Batman there I think I've become too oversaturated by him mm. and also I find it harder to go oh Batman's brilliant uh, he stops all this crime by totally depil- uh, beating up poor beating folk beating up poor people and also <laughs> he could do he could do far more for Gotham City as Bruce Wayne mm. than he could ever do as Batman okay so it's you don't wear a Batman t-shirt um yeah <laughs> but it's but it's uh, but it's uh, Tim Burton's Batman 89 so it didn't mean anything mm. oh, yeah. he set people on fire and shot them not yeah. just as Batman so. 89 I see the penguin there and Danny DeVito's penguin oh. as well I don't realise it's all well, it's a welcome to Gotham City because mm. it's got Nicholson's Joker on it as well yeah, yeah. that's cool yeah. I can understand that though but yeah, I, I, just I, fi- I just find that Batman as in to, the modern days this is your like, kind of larger point though. Like I keep trying to get into comic books because it really feels like it's something I should like just like by default. I love anime, I love books, I love like geeky shit. But yeah, whenever I try to do the comic, it feels like it's just such a half step between an anime and a book that I would just rather have one of the other two forms of media. It just it never. I, I have never been really impressed by a, a comic ever. I, there's a few that I like. Like I like Watchmen. I like Saga. Uh, none of them I just I, I don't know I find it hard to get excited about them in the same way that Fair I do enough. about other stuff <clears throat> and uh, so that's yeah. the depressing end of the show mm. yes, that's uh, the low energy show over <laughs> I thought we did alright I mean I'm ready to fall asleep and having from the get go <laughs> I think the uh, overzealous opening has kind of powered me through mm. a bit I think my burrito has powered me through I think that's part of the reason why I'm falling asleep. Who's the the burrito? It was a good burrito, though. Yeah. 
So Check join us for a <laughs> more talk about food, I guess, next week. Are you guys actually planning going to watch any of those films? Cop Shop, I think. I like Cop Shop. Yeah. 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 I'm sure I'll probably quite enjoy Cop Shop. It looks ridiculous. Yeah. I'll probably watch that and see if I can fit Shang-Chi in there somewhere as well. Shang-Chi is definitely worth watching. Mm-hmm. I, I'll go to Candyman at some point next week. Okay. Uh, yeah. yeah. So thanks for listening and see you next time which hopefully is actually next week rather than how, how long has it been since the last one it's been like three weeks already nah or something? it's only been what two, two? three I think it's been three has it been three because uh, I was on holiday for two weeks alright okay okay it's been three right. weeks oh well you better uh, get that as posted I already <laughs> <laughs>